Hello and welcome to Famicast 21, your Famicast for February 2013. I'm your host, Danny Bivens, and today I'm joined by Mr. Minoru Yamaizumi. Kanichiwa, Minisan. <laughs> Kanichiwa. <laughs> and uh, from the other side of the planet, uh, Mr. Nintendon is joining us as well. Don't stop believing. Oh man, I was hoping you'd come up with a different song. <laughs> Why? That's well. Hey, I'm just thinking. I don't know. I want to hear your voice singing all sorts of different songs. Maybe that's just me. Um, uh, okay, I'll, I'll try better next time. I'm sorry. That's fine. I, I have faith. Maybe. Uh, and also joining us from the recesses of your own dark hearts and from the world of anime is Mr. Tai Shugart. That's me. Kill the <laughs> cop in your head. In your head, and also something Tai that you said last month that I totally agree with. Anime is real. It is real. <laughs> I mean, if you want to be a Super Saiyan, you can. It's just, you know, limit of your own power level. Did you see the State of the Union? Barack Obama said, anime is real. Geodude is real. I'm and he's his friend. I'm pretty sure he did say that. So, um, well, regardless of how real anime anime is, because it is, uh, we have a pretty action-packed episode for you here today. Uh, a couple of You're different... Liar. I'm a liar. There's nothing going on. Um, no, uh, you know, of course, there's been some Nintendo directs over the past uh, month. And then, of course, just this past week, uh, Sony has more or less unveiled the PlayStation 4. Uh, so we're going to kind of talk about that and what that means to Nintendo, particularly Nintendo in Japan. So, but first, we're going to go ahead and kick off things with new business. And I'm going to go ahead and kick us off here with new business. Uh, I've been playing a couple of different things, but one thing I really wanted to talk about is Dragon Quest VII. Um, this game came out on February 7th here in Japan and uh, is kicking all kinds of ass in the sales charts. It's pretty crazy. We'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. But uh, honestly, before this Dragon Quest, I only had about 30 minutes of experience with Dragon Quest in the past. Um, that being Dragon Quest One, uh, I don't know if have you guys played that or any dragon quest games um i i played a couple uh okay. mostly I on the on the on the ds <clears throat> okay i played dragon quest one when i got it from nintendo power oh way back in the day okay uh, i played dragon quest one two and three okay none of the super famicom stuff or ds stuff uh the original ones okay cool well like i said this is my first dragon quest i really well, from my experience with Dragon Quest One, this is like you know I played this like twelve years ago, so I was thinking, oh man, it's you know it's kind of archaic and old school, almost to a fault in my opinion. Uh, so I didn't really enjoy it, and I quit playing after, like I said, thirty minutes. But uh, with this, it, it's a really nice update. I I'd never played the PlayStation version of Dragon Quest Seven, though I remember when it did come out, 
I had seen it in stores and I was thinking, holy shit, maybe I should buy this, but you know, I never did. But um, from what I can tell, and maybe Don, you can correct me if I'm wrong with this assumption, um, but from what it looks like, Dragon Quest Seven looks like it's running off of uh, Dragon Quest Terry's Wonderland engine, more or less. Yeah, what that's you... correct. Yeah, yeah, because uh, it makes perfect sense. Um, Dragon Quest Terry's Wonderland being the other Dragon Quest game that's available on the 3DS came out last May. Um, but yeah, this is a really, really cool game. I've played it for about 10 hours or so right now. Uh, one of the, I guess you can say downsides to at least the, the start of the game is that the pacing is kind of poor. And that one of the things... The, yeah, that was the problem with um, Dragon Quest Seven a bit in general. Yeah, and I, I remember reading some stuff from the developers, what they had envisioned for this version of the game is to uh, kind of make it a little bit more accessible, make it a little bit uh, more better paced, and just uh, kind of a smoother experience overall. Um, I've heard people say in <laughs> Dragon Quest Seven on the PlayStation 1 that it t could take up to, like, somewhere between three to five hours just to get to, like, the first battle of the game. Um, Did they improve that on the 3DS game? Well, uh, it took me three hours. <laughs> so at, le at, least, at least the minimal. I've talked, heard more, from more many people that it was five hours than three. Yeah, and I mean, you know, I, I'm you know, doing this in Japanese, so obviously I could read English a lot faster than I can Japanese. So I mean, yeah. that, that might have something to do with it, too. So maybe a typical Japanese player can get there in like, you know, two hours or something. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it is pretty old school, but I, I do like, you know, a, a lot of the things that they're doing with the game. Uh, of course, with the battle system, it's pretty straightforward. Uh, a lot of it's, you know, first-person based when you're choosing the monsters you want to uh, fight and stuff like that. Uh, but whenever you go into the battle animations, the, the camera kind of pans out a little bit, and you can see, you know, the character models swinging at the creatures and stuff like that. Um, having not played Dragon Quest Nine or any Dragon Quest for that matter, like I said, I, if, Don, did you play Dragon Quest Nine? Yeah, I did, yeah. Is how does the battle system work? In the, is it similar to what I just said, or? Oh yeah, that's a, that's on modern Dragon Quest table. Okay, okay, cool. So yeah, so I was pretty. I I like that a lot because you know the old school Dragon Quest. It's just you know limitations of the technology and stuff. They couldn't really do that kind of stuff. So it's kind of cool to see. Um, from what I played so far too, I think the story is cool. The characters are pretty likable. Um, Kiefer, who is uh, essentially your basically one of your best friends in the game he's like this prince and i don't know he just kind of has this taste for adventure and kind of just drags you <laughs> along into it pretty much and with you and your friend mary bell uh you guys kind of go throughout and get into all kinds of mischief and uh start really turning this world upside down almost um I don't know how much I don't want to give like away too many spoilers, but um, one of the main things about the game it's kind of like time travel. Um, there is this like this temple in the main island. It's called uh, I think it's Estard, uh, the Kingdom of Estard, and it's a very small island village. And uh, your main character's dad, he's like a fisherman, a prominent fisherman in the area. And you know, uh, like I said, Kiefer, he's a prince. His dad's the king. And then Mary Bell's is like a rich villager in, uh, you know, the one of the bigger villages on, on the island. And um, basically, like I said, because since Kiefer has this sense of, of adventure, like you, you and Kiefer kind of go to this old temple on this island and you find like these 
pieces like these ancient tablet pieces and stuff like that and you piece them together inside of there and then you kind of warp back to some weird island and essentially your your goal is to kind of save these people from all these creatures that are kind of overrunning their uh, island and yeah then basically after you do that the first one uh one thing that happens is that when you go back to your current time uh suddenly there's this new island which is the island that you were just at you know back in the past that you had basically rescued from i guess being destroyed and um yeah, so that's kind of cool, and then everyone in the <clears throat> excuse me game world is kind of talking about like, oh my god, how the hell did that get there? And <laughs> you know, your your characters they're not really talking to like the important people; they're just kind of talking to uh, I guess other people that are interested. Like there's these two old dudes, and they're like, really? Did you guys really do that? And I don't know, but it, it's pretty interesting, and I'm I'm really enjoying it so far. Okay. So yeah, uh, does this make you interested in other Dragon Quest games? Definitely, it really does, and uh, yeah. <laughs> since I've been playing this, I've been looking at you know the DS ones that it ca- that it came out, and I was thinking about you know picking them up. There are also also some fantastic uh, spin-off ones. I would also recommend if you are interested in, well, in Dragon Quest games in general, take a look at uh, the Rocket Slime series. There's okay. one for the 3DS that's only available in Japan, and uh, I heard pretty good things about it. Yeah, actually, I played that at TGS in 2011. It wasn't too bad, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that was cool. But, yeah, I'm really, really glad that I played this because I kind of had no interest in Dragon Quest up until this. So uh, I'm hoping to beat this. I know it's going to be kind of a long road ahead to do that, but I want to give it a shot. I want. I really want to give it a shot. Cool. So um, one of the other things that I... I guess it's in my new business. It's not really a game, but... Um, we had talked about this in the last episode. Uh, you know, some Professor Layton chocolates from the company Glico had uh, been released here in Japan last month. And uh, I found some here in my town and, uh, you know, bought them and have been eating them. And um, they're delicious. Don't and, tell uh, people that. They're all going to want some. They're awful. And you should hate them. They taste like vomit. But... That's better. <laughs> Yo, dude, I have people hassling me left and right. Like, Yo, bring me some Layton chocolates. Send them to me. <laughs> well, at a premium price, maybe. Actually, uh, speaking of Leighton chocolates and possibly going them going to America, um, f- if you out there, the listeners out there, are going to PAX East, uh, I'm planning on actually sending some Leighton chocolates to uh, Johnny and also to Neil to have available some kind of like a prize on the panels. Um, <laughs> as of the time of this recording, I just bought like, some boxes of them today to send and as long as you know they make it to america and aren't like a puddle of chocolate in the box um they might be something that you can pick up there so uh look forward to that if you're going to pax east and if you're not going to pax east keep hassling ty um if you're going to evo hassle me there it is (laughs) i'll probably go to evo cool well there it is ty is bringing a backpack full of latent chocolates so Maybe not. Um, anyways, so that, that's really all my new business. You know, not really anything too crazy, but well, uh, yeah. this this month wasn't that big anyway. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then to later on, well, right now, you know, it's kind of like the tail end of February, but Layton's coming out. Layton Six is coming out at the end of the month. Um, still not oh, sure yeah. if I'm going to buy that or not, but I'm I'm thinking about it. I so. am I am freaking on board for Layton Six. Cool, cool, cool. All right, well, that's going to do it for me, so let's go ahead and move on to the next guy. 
All right, and Ty is next with new business. Yes, I play a lot of video games. Really? <laughs> yeah, I got a nice care package from the U.S. with a whole bunch of English language Xbox 360 games. Cool. I've only played a couple so far, though. Aww. I played through Spec Ops The Line. Mm. Oh, okay. It's, um, like, it, it's like a, a war game that's an <laughs> anti-war game game, mm -hmm. if you follow. Yeah. I, you know, I don't follow. <laughs> okay, okay. Let, let's just say this game is subversive, kind of. Um, as you play through it, um, the game really tries to make you uncomfortable with what you're doing, which is shooting at rogue U.S. soldiers and, well, shooting people in general. And yeah like like uh the game gets more and more surreal as you play through it like on the outside it looks like you know generic army shooter mm -hmm. i mean like it totally looks like that but as you play it like you know slightly more disturbing things happen over the course of the game and like you eventually like start hallucinating due to either pts PTSD or maybe you already died it's it's left to be kind of ambiguous hmm. so if you want to play a very strange and interesting story uh, I like it it basically plays like Gears of War though mm -hmm. yeah I remember when this game it came out in the summer and I was kind of interested in getting it I'd watched and I think on um, we can confirm they had uh, some of the developers come on and they were talking about it and they had made parallels to movies like Apocalypse Now and saying it's kind of like that where I don't know you just feel kind of dirty. <laughs> yeah, about... there are like loading screens that mm -hmm. say messages like "kill as many people as you want." It doesn't matter. It's only a game, right? Hmm. Interesting. Cool. Yeah. But you know, I heard there were some problems with like the cover system in this game. Tied it. Have you had any problems with like the controls? No. Okay. No, it was fine. I think. Okay. Did you clear it completely? Yeah, I finished the game. Uh, there are multiple endings though. Mm-hmm. I I only played through and got one of them. Okay. Okay. How how long did it take for a playthrough? Um. You know, I have my entire playthrough on my live stream. Oh, I, I, cool. I saved the archive. Cool. So you can check that out at twitch.tv slash supercatdrugs. All I the think, cats, all the drugs. I think it was like five or six hours. I okay. posted on the forum somewhere with like a bunch of ti time stamps of the more shocking and interesting moments of the game. <laughs> mm -hmm. There there were some things that made me laugh and kind of recoil in horror too. <laughs> oh, like, like the guy you play as gradually gets more and more unhinged as the game goes by mm -hmm. like like it kind of has like an execution thing like gears of war where you go up to like a downed opponent and finish them off and like you know the like the first thing i did was stomp on a u.s soldier's neck until he dies jesus i was gonna yeah. say like curb stomps and yes yeah <laughs> and then, then it just goes downhill from there god i mean you know, when you think about crushing alien faces in Gears of War, you don't really think much about it. I mean, you know, even in Call of Duty, which is obviously super violent, I mean, you don't really have 
as far as I know, options to just smash somebody's skull in. Um, yeah, so that's that's kind of messed up. But yeah, I think it's I, I like the idea of these kind of games coming out where it's not just you know a shooter for shooter's sake. It's something a little bit more than that. Um, at least that's what the developers are trying to do. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. My stream archive is two parts. Mm-hmm. The second part, like. The, like the most infamous scene in the game is kind of close to the beginning of the second part, mm-hmm. so you might want to check that out. Okay. Would you recommend the game? Um, if I would say maybe if you're mm. interested in an interesting story and like just something kind of subversive that isn't usually done, I would say check it out. Okay. Or if you can find it for twenty bucks, I would say get it for sure. Hmm. That's what I'm thinking. I may, may wait for it if it's very cheap and then pick it up. Well, I do see that the PC version is fifteen dollars. Oh, <laughs> yeah. I mean, fifteen bucks for like a pretty interesting story. I mean, there's a multiplayer mode. I haven't tried it yet. Uh huh. But you know, like even like the game developers, like like the main writer said, like, why is there a multiplayer mode? It's like totally goes against the message of the game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, crap. I'm looking at on Amazon right now, and like I said, the the PC download version of it's fifteen bucks. But like, I don't know if they just stopped printing this or what, because it's still sixty bucks for PS3 and three sixty. So yeah, on, I on don't Amazon. Know what to tell you. <laughs> so, uh, so I played some other games. Cool. I I played a little Skyrim. Don't have an opinion on that yet. <laughs> uh, Skullgirls. Came out in Japan, got a Japanese release, finally. Right on. They announced it like seven days before it came out. (laughs) Yeah, on Valentine's Day. Cool. (laughs) And I believe it is uh, the number one selling PSN game for that week. Wow, cool. Yeah. I I got got to play it at the last tournament I went to. There wasn't a tournament for it, but I got to mingle with some Japanese players that play it and played a bunch of guys online. Good times, good times. They seem there was also a little blurb about it in Famitsu, mm-hmm. probably still still the newest one or last week's. You, you mean the consider, okay? Well, you might of, consider checking that out. Cool. If you have, yeah, if you can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to those of you in Japan, <laughs> or you can just like Google up the scanned page. It's like it's like a quarter page. It says the game is Moe. I don't really agree, but okay. <laughs> it's a good game. Okay, and last of all, I have been playing just a little bit so far of Skulls of the Shogun. Represent. Now, this might be of interest to Nintendo World Report uh, readers or listeners, I guess, because it uh, the PR for the game is being done by our site founder Billy Berghammer. Woo! He has a real job. <laughs> if you if you listen listen back to this feed uh, a couple few episodes ago, um, Billy was on it and they talked all about uh, strategy games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I just literally finished that before recording today, and yeah, it was fantastic. I really enjoyed that. Right on. Yeah, uh, I played like uh, just a few missions so far. Mm-hmm. It's very funny. Mm-hmm. It, it does have a very twisted sense of humor. I mean, the game looks very cartoonish. It is very cartoonish. 
Um, and there is a, an amazing launch trailer for the game that is really funny, slightly edgy, very campy. Hmm. I urge you to check it out. Cool. Yeah, um, like I said, from what, what I heard about this uh, in that podcast, I mean, it just sounded like an easier, more approachable way to, uh, you know, strategy games, something that even a guy like me <laughs> could even try to do because, you know, strategy games uh, with, I guess, with the exception of maybe something like the recently released Fire Emblem Awakening and uh, the the West and then Hey, this. we're a Japanese podcast. came out last year, goddammit. I specified <laughs> the West. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's... You typically think, oh man, I'm going to be playing this for hours and hours, just this one battle, and then I'm going to fucking die and want to just really go and literally kill somebody. So I, I think with this more kind of quick action-based type of stuff, it sounds a lot more approachable. Well, you can play it cross-platform, and one of those platforms is phones. Mm -hmm. Windows phones. Well, John Lindemann will be happy. <laughs> <laughs> right? So yeah, I mean, it's really simple. Well, yeah, I, I might play it on my Windows 8 PC. Yeah, well, there you go. We could probably yeah. play each other. Yeah, I think you can do that. Skulls Everywhere is that mode called, I think. Yeah, it's yeah. happening. <laughs> the future. <laughs> okay, so that's everything except for my street passes. Cool, yeah. Well, um, since I failed to do that, uh, yeah, go right ahead. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. Fire Emblem 4. Danburu Senki Boost? Ah, uh, that game. The Dumbo. That, yeah. That's a game. It is. <laughs> uh, and then Winning Eleven, and then all the Animal Crossing you could possibly... <laughs> yeah, I, I know for me, with my Street Passes, uh, I, I've just been getting Dragon Quest Seven, a couple of those, and then... Um, Animal Crossings, and then one Final Fantasy three from somebody in my apartment because my 3DS did not leave, and I got, like, three street passes this past week from nothing, from doing nothing. So that's cool. All right, man. Well, Ty, if that's all you got, we'll go ahead and move on. Well, I still play Marvel like it's my job. I just <laughs> decided to exclude that this week. Okay. <laughs> well, you can always count on Ty, you know, to have something about fighting games in probably each and every one of his segments. So, um yeah. All right. So, uh, if Ty, if you're finished, man, we can go ahead and move on to the next guy. Yeah, do it. All right. Next up, we have Minoru. Uh, the last five people I street passed with played uh, Animal Crossing New Leaf, Me Studio, eShop, Dragon Quest Seven, and again Animal Crossing. Why would you want to play Me Studio? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, speaking of my new business, I started playing Demon Souls. Uh, since then, I'm I re I'm really into it. Mm. It's so awesome. These days, I don't feel like playing anything else. <laughs> it's hard for me not to think about it, even when I'm not playing it. <laughs> so far, I've played it for more than 50 hours. Wow. And, oh, wow. Yeah, and I enjoyed every single minute. And I'm looking forward to playing it more. 
I guess most of our listeners have heard about this game. It's a PS3 exclusive action game with an RPG-like complicated character development and weapon upgrade system. Officially, it's categorized into action RPG, but this game tells you almost nothing about the story, hmm. which is usually the case with games by the developer from software. And speaking of which, do you guys know the Japanese phrase from no? No. No. Oh, I don't think so. Uh-huh. Tell us about it. Yeah, uh, literally it means brains adapted to from software games. Hmm. You, you know, unlike Demon's Souls, most Japanese games, especially RPGs, are very wordy. They tend to tell a story too much. Mm. Uh, when you have a party members, things are even worse. Things <laughs> get even worse. And they are always chatting about nonsense, you know. <laughs> yeah. In contrast, from software games usually tell you a story very little. You are just a person in the universe and you are informed of only what the person, uh, the protagonist, get to know. In the case of Demon's Souls, People are not very talkative, and I had only one long dialogue. Hmm. They are generally obscure and not so informative. Hmm. Naturally, many things remain unclear. Therefore, so as to adapt such a situation, from software fans start working their brain to fill the gaps. Hmm. In short, and they they over-interpret everything. Hmm. Yeah, we call such mentality from no, from brain. Right. Yeah, you can see an example of from no in the guy Marcus, also known as Epic Name Bro, <laughs> who is an English-speaking gamer living in Japan. Maybe he is a listener. And anyway, uh, he posted <laughs> a bunch of interesting videos called Demon's Days on YouTube where he checked every in-game text and speculates about the universe. He even wrote an article on gods in Nibon's souls, and this is a good example of from no. Wait, Demon Souls, his name's Marcus. You know what? This is weird. Um, I know a guy who works in my city who's named Marcus, and he, I'm pretty sure he told me that he puts Demon Souls videos and stuff on YouTube. Oh. Dude, I'm not even kidding. That's, that is really weird. Um, I'll have to check this out later and maybe yeah, yeah. confirm or deny this. Uh, wow. wow. Okay. Wow. <laughs> it's a small world out there. Yes. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. And as for me, actually, I don't have a from no. Although I love their games such as Armored Core or Kingsfield, mm-hmm. I just don't care about the story so much. But since I don't like wordy games, I welcome their saving words. I feel I have enough information to know what the universe is like, and the graphics is really impressive and depicts the universe very well. Mm. I love the art style of the game. Every stage looks distinct. What's more, they are all well designed and structurally different. Speaking of the game structure, you have a hub world where you can deposit or buy items, learn magic and miracles, level up, and so on. You can choose uh, which stage to go from there. Every stage is essentially a dungeon with a boss at the end. At first, you can go to only one stage, and you cannot level up until you beat the first boss, but once you beat it, 
You can choose the next stage from five stages. Their difficulty is pretty much the same. And now you can level up your stats using your collected souls, mm. which are in-game currency slash experience points. You can also grind as much as you want. And luckily, every stage has a great replay value. Mm. You know, this game is well known for its difficulty. But because of this structure, it's not getting more and more difficult as you progress. In fact, I fear it's getting easier little by little. Hmm. You shouldn't give up soon, however difficult it is at first. And there's always some way to go through difficult points easily. But the game almost, almost never tells you what it is. So I really recommend seeing online wikis, walkthroughs, FAQs, and stuff like that hmm. soon after you get stuck. Hmm. I also recommend checking multiple references because uh, this game has so much obscure stuff uh, that any single reference cannot cover all of it. Uh, but at the same time, uh, never spoil the game by checking them before you play the stage. Uh, the first play on site is extremely thrilling. It's quite an adventure, hmm. and this is what has been attracting me most. So these days I'm not playing with Wii U, but uh, my gamepad isn't collecting dust. Hmm. In fact, I use it every day. Hmm. I refer to four or five Demon's Souls wikis simultaneously using the gamepad hmm. while playing with PS3. And the browser works really well. Hmm. And these days, in the discussion of Wii U, especially Zombie U and Miiverse, I often heard Demon's Souls and Dark Souls mentioned. And that's one of the reasons I first tried it. Hmm. Uh, first, I got interested in its online stuff. Its online component is multifaceted. Some of it is asynchronous and global. The other part is synchronous and local. I mean, player to player. Mm -hmm. And it also have an, uh, it also has an online re leaderboard. I've played synchronous multiplayer only a couple of times, so I'm not going to talk about it here. But it seems still many players are playing it. Hmm. Regarding a synchronous online component, it consists of three. First, you can see other players' phantoms walking and fighting against enemies around you just for a couple of seconds. It's just cool and adds some atmosphere. Mm. Second, uh, you see blood stains on the ground. When you touch them, a red phantom appears, and you can see how the how this player died there. And they may help you to notice pitfalls or ambush, which this game has a hell of a lot of. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and... that's a pretty cute feature. <laughs> yeah. Cute. Yes, it is. <laughs> Yeah, and last but not the least, you can leave a short pre-programmed pre -programmed messages on the ground and read other players. Some of them are hints like enemies incoming are weak against fire or don't miss a treasure over there. Some of them are just mm, jokes, greetings, or notices to a spectacle. You can uh, quote-unquote recommend other players' messages. And if other players recommend your message, you regain your health to the maximum. Hmm. There's an important difference from Miiverse and this. 
In this game, you can pin down your message at a particular place in the field. Otherwise, you know, most messages like be careful about such and such wouldn't make sense at all. I don't think um, we can do a similar thing via Miiverse. So it may be more integrated and advanced than Miiverse, although this game was released back in 2009. It holds really well. It holds up really well. I really recommend all PS3 owners trying it before its online service discontinue. Mm. I heard in the West and the digital version was released last month. Mm. It's only about twenty US dollars, which is a steal. Mm. And it's my highest recommendation. That's my new business. Cool. Cool. Um, with 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 Demon Souls, uh, the message you see, for example, in Zombie U, um, those were inspired from Demon Souls. Yeah, I think so. No, no, no. That's literally what their uh, what their feelings come from. They said it in an interview that uh, they wanted to integrate that stuff into a game where they felt comfortable with, and that's how the Zombie U mainly came to be. Yeah, and I think uh, these messages mm, makes mm, the game not too scary. Hmm. Yeah, and uh, you mm, and players uh, feel uh, less lonely. Hmm. Yeah. True. Well, right on. Uh, I've heard a lot about this game. Haven't played it yet, but um, 20 bucks, that's not bad. Maybe I should check this out. And... Yeah, yeah. Get frustrated and angry while playing it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I only played this. I only played the sequel. I only played Dark Souls. Hmm. How do you like it? It's hard. Hmm. Yeah. I when, always when I feel I'm doing well, I'm losing all my souls, hmm. and I have to go back through this entire section to get those souls back. I always get really frustrated with that game. And uh, that point is also uh, copycatted by Zombie U. True. All right, Minoru, is that all you got for us today, ma'am? Yes. All right, so we're going to go ahead and wrap up new business with Don here in just a couple seconds. Don is going to wrap up new business for us here. So, Don, what have you been playing lately, dude? So, first, um, I want to talk about some street passes. I found some new street passes. Let's uh, hear it. Um, and considering I had the last few months didn't have street passes, I will have 10 this time, so very quick. Right on. Um, so, I have new Super Mario Bros. 2, uh, Fall Blocks, which is, of course, um, Iku Otsu in Japan. Iku Otsu, uh-huh. Yeah. Um... Mario and Sonic Virtual Card Album. Again, what? Why are why are people still playing that freaking Virtual Card I Album? I thought this was going to be done since at that last time you talked about that. And what this is, and correct me if I'm wrong, Don, because you, you might be the expert on this. If yeah. This is something that was kind of like a companion uh, application, I guess, after the Olympics, uh, for the Olympics or it's... something. Uh, but it's not even have any, doesn't have anything to do with the Olympics, just the Sonic and Mario Olympic game. Um, 
it it, it was a companion piece for the Olympics. Yeah, uh, basically you collected these virtual cards. Some of them you had to go to Nintendo Zone hotspots to get them. Some you traded with people for street pass and spot pass. European people, stop it! <laughs> people are still playing this. Stop. <laughs> It's bad. It's a really bad free app. Hmm. I don't get it. Um, and the 3D is terrible as well. So hmm. You have it? <laughs> yeah, of course oh I have God. it. You sure you're not street passing yourself? No, I, I, <laughs> I'm not street pass enabled on that thing. Okay. <laughs> um, and the next guy played Professor Layton and Pandora's Box, the second Professor Layton game. Oh, okay. That's a good um, game. Yeah, that's a good game. Although I... I my favorite is uh, the Unwound Future. That's my favorite. Me too. Yeah, that's a but good game. I kind of think of the first three as like one game, really. It, it's part True. of a trilogy. You have to play all three. Hmm. But Definitely. As my guy Greedo would say in Star Wars A New Hope, Kukle Numo. Which means that's the idea. It really okay. is. Dude, what? <laughs> it's, um, okay, I guess no one likes Star Wars, so that's fine, I accept that. Yeah, I, I'm a Star Trekky guy, so. Mm. Yeah, go to hell. Uh, uh, me or Don? <laughs> or both of us? <laughs> yeah, both of you, whatever. <laughs> okay, so, sorry, okay. Don. Um, I'm The next spent. guy played... Shut up. The next guy played uh, Sonic Generations. Um, okay, yeah, fair enough. Um, it has street pass stuff, and you can unlock like 100 missions with it, so that's cool. Um, Pokemon Conquest, uh, Lego Pirates of the Caribbean, cool. Uh, Mobile Suit Gundam Zero Zero, which is a Japanese DS game. Hmm. Um, Harvest Moon Tale of Two Towns, um, and Metal Slug Seven. That's a good game. Yeah. So those are the 10 street passes I recently witnessed. Cool. Um, so on to what I've played, well, this month. Um, I played two things mostly, and not much else, because it's a very slow month. Um, first of all, I played the English version of Fire Emblem Awakening. Um, I talked about it a bit with um, Scott and Neil in a recent Connectivity episode. Mm-hmm. Um, but for me, it is interesting how the Japanese version compares to the North American one, because they, they really changed up how the localization is handled. Um, some of the jokes are completely different from the Japanese to the English version. Hmm. Um, and it, it's more tailored tailed to the Western or in this sense, the North American audience. And, you know, it, um, I, I'm pretty sure you know this, Don, but I mean, it kind of makes sense because eight, four, uh, you know, we're basically the guys behind the localization and as yep. far as i know all those guys are or at least most of them are american so i mean it makes sense and they're they're really funny guys too i don't obviously you guys probably listen to the podcast to eight four play uh it's great and those guys are just a lot of fun i think i think i've sent i've sent mark a tweet about how i like the localization of uh, fire emblem awakening mm-hmm. i think so or maybe i'm disremembering it no i did um so one of one of the things that really shines in both the Japanese and English versions for me is how, like, the support, um, th- the support conversations are done, because um, basically you can do something that I like to call fire emblem shipping. Okay. So, so you can um, basically hook up two different characters um, and have them 
fall in love with each other. Okay. Or become best friends if they're both from the same um, gender. So, I I've been, went very predictable with my North American release. I went a bit, a bit wild with the Japanese one and tried to figure... To, to hook up characters that didn't totally didn't make sense. Hmm. I mean, I, I chose at the beginning like for a female avatar just because I wanted uh, the main guy Chrome to be to be my lover. Hmm. So I'm a weird person. Um, Congratulations! In, in this one, <laughs> thank you. I'm very, I was very happy, hmm. um, and I put like 100 hours into that. Um, in with the North American version, I. I wanted to more concentrate on what the, what the conversations foretold. Like, what would happen if these two characters get to know each other a little bit better, and the results were very interesting. Like, um, I, I chose this time a male avatar and went with uh, Cornelia, who is a Pegasus rider. And we started talking, and everybody in her uh, colony... Uh, calls her as an insult a genius because she always figures out plans, but nobody really likes her. Hmm. So uh, my avatar starts calling her a genius and she doesn't like it. And further on, you get to know like a, a darker side of her, hmm. um, which make the com the conversation stuff and the support stuff actually really worthwhile to do. Um, and at the end, I just decided to go for the S rank and. Let each other fall in love, which was a very nice scene. Um, also, kind of heartfelt. So, uh, what, I, what I found interesting about the North American version is how well the emotions translate to a North American audience. Hmm. Um, it, it's not only that they just changed up jokes or made uh, the feel for a North American audience better. They kept how heartfelt that and an interesting it was from the Japanese release. And for me, that's actually the most important thing. Um, the story is also very well translated. Um, I find the sound bits in the American version a bit annoying. I found them a less bit annoying in the Japanese one, but I can mostly just deal with it. it it's perfectly acceptable. Hmm. Um, although I could change to the Japanese voice clips if I wanted to, because the American vo American version does feature that. Mm -hmm. Um... So yeah, I've been putting like a good 20 hours into it. I talked about it before, mostly about the gameplay and how it feels. So mm -hmm. I don't need to go over that all over again, I feel. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, shoot, uh, I think we, we've talked multiple Famicasts about this game. Um, so yeah, if you really want to hear, I guess, more about Don delving into this, I mean, uh, I think maybe last year around May, April, maybe even June, <laughs> talking about it a lot. And it's some really good stuff. Yeah, I, I talked about in October also a bit more about the DLC, I think. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, I talked about it for three, four times now. Uh, I'm a, I'm really love with this game. And one thing I have to say, coming to the realization right now, it is my one of my favorite games now of all time. Wow. No joke. Wow, wow. Um, and the interesting part about that is my favorite game before this was Paper Mario and the Thousand Year Door. Hmm. Which is also from Intelligent Systems. Hmm. So I'm kind of feeling I'm closing that period now where I love the GameCube and fall into Wii and coming into a new period where I more appreciate like modern games, modern takings on games I love. Hmm. Hmm. Um, so yeah, Fire Emblem Awakening. I can't give it more than, more than a higher recommendation than I've already done. Hmm. Um, 
I think everybody should play it. People should own it for the 3DS. Hmm. In some way, or capacity, or form. Cool. Right on. And, and Yeah, even beginners can play it. I'm serious, so everybody should play it. There's no excuse, really. Um, so there, there, there you go. I'm kind of done with Fire Emblem Awakening now, from now on, I promise. <laughs> well, I'm still getting an art book, so, hey, maybe I'm not done. We'll see. Uh, for the new thing I've pl- been playing um, over the last couple of weeks, um, is Cold Sept. Yeah! You finally have a Cold Sept fan friend. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> I have played that on 360 so much. Oh yeah, the 360 release was released in English, right? Yes, in the US, and Europe did not get it. True, true. So I never played it. Uh, I played a demo. I have an American account, so I played the demo for it before downloading this one. And I liked it, so that's why I downloaded it. It's fun. Um, it's it's really fun. It's it's like a card game. It's like Yu-Gi-Oh and Monopoly. <laughs> it's, yeah, it's like it's 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 like Yu-Gi-Oh and Monopoly. Or Magic the Gathering and Monopoly, if you prefer. <laughs> now, it, it, I, I liken it more to Yu-Gi-Oh because it features like more, like uh, it, it features the monsters more prominent than Magic the Gathering, in my opinion. Mm, yes. Yeah. So on this Monopoly board, you have like a deck of cards, and sometimes these are upgrades for a monster. Sometimes these um, interact with the playing field, uh, but mostly it, it contains of monsters which you place around um, when your opponent passes them, basically he has to attack them and and use one of the monsters that's still in his hand. Um, and sometimes they can be equal, sometimes someone can be stronger than the other, sometimes they can be weaker. Uh, though you can influence a little bit, with, with again, with the use of items. So I was at the, at the downer side, but I used an, a shield basically to raise the defense force of my character and an opponent still lost. Yeah, there, if it's anything like the 360 version I played, um, there's going to be like a lot of different monster abilities that come into play. And like um, you, you can see like what items your opponent has, but you don't know which one he plays. It's 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 a bit unpredictable what he's going to do, but it's a good pretty yeah, much. Yeah, so so yeah, so like some mind games come into play. Definitely, you can you can bait people. Yeah, it's great. Oh, oh uh, <laughs> yeah. And another thing you can do is that you can upgrade monsters. So um, at certain spots, like there's sort of a start area, two start areas, and um, if you land on the space of the monster, you can do this as well. You can upgrade the monsters to certain levels to make them even stronger in battle. Ah, yes. Um, it, is yeah, that to so... say, do you, if it's like the 360 one, it's more like you upgrade the square rather than the monster, mm. if, the, if that makes sense. they Maybe they changed it. I don't know. Like Before you could uh, level up the square and then swap out the monster, and then you would still... Like the one you place would still have the extra defense. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. It's kind of put. Uh, maybe I'm just remember 
It's, it's remembering it's wrong. That's good. It's be. like putting um, down a hotel in Monopoly. <laughs> true. So it's it, it, it's so yeah. It's it's basically you reserve spots to to make your monsters stronger, raise their defenses, and possibly overcome the battle even quicker. Um, the story is pretty nuts in there. Like you have this magical staff who crosses across the galaxy to basically help to go on a quest to do some. Uh, it's not very well explained, but it's uh, it's fun. I I really like it as a strategy game. It's it's really enjoyable. Yeah, that that's how I felt about the 360 one. It it, it was like literally the worst story in a video game that I've ever seen. <laughs> it's like cool. You have like this bored sounding anime character. It's voice acted uh, who just uses yeah. like unaccompanied ellipses as a response to everything and I just wanted to blast myself. I, like supporting <laughs> characters that look like they came from like Gaia online avatars. If you guys have ever seen that site, is it, what's the what's the what is the what's the stick uh, with the face? The stick with the face. Yeah, he was in there. It's ki- kind of like an old wise man beard thing going on. He he's he's the he's the guy who guides you in the new game. Basically. Ah, yeah, I remember him sort of. He was one of the better designed characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> in in the three D in the in the in the opening, he uh, travels through space and time continuum. Yeah, and you see it in full three D. It's kind of crazy. Stick beards, yeah. they can do that. Question mark. But uh, yeah, that 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 guy is awesome. I, I like that guy. So the story, I think, is a little bit better than the three sixty release. If I so almost yeah. anything would be. Um, Great, that's good to hear. Um, so yeah, I've been enjoying that. I'm not that far into it. Um, I think I'm an hour or five into it. Um, so I possibly may return to it more, talk about it more next month. Um, but I also got Fire Emblem to play on Virtual Console. Mm, right on. Me too. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I saw that. That was like ridiculously cheap, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, new campaign Fem- for the... 30th anniversary anniversary for the Famicom. You have like eight games over the next, or what, six games, eight games, whatever. A handful of seven th- games. Seven games over the next seven months and started with Balloon Trip, um, which as of right now, Ty, is still available for like the next two hours for 30 yen. So you can get it. Um, if not, whatever. Whatever. <laughs> Just get Fire Emblem. <laughs> and we're talking like, yeah, 30 yen, like, yeah, it's like a quarter. Yeah. <laughs> next month should be exciting because next month is Mother. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mother free. What was it? Mother two. Mother two. Mother two. Yeah. Okay. So I'm excited for that one. Um, so yeah, uh, that's all I've played pretty much. Again, not much. Cool. Cool. All right, well, with that, we're going to go ahead and move on to the news. we got quite a bit of stuff to talk about, so we're going to go ahead and do that right now. All 
right, and like I said, we have a lot of things that had happened here in the past month in Japan, uh, news-related stuff. Uh, first, we want to start out with the Media Create Sales. Um, this is the most recent set of information that we have, and it's for uh, week 7 of 2013, February 11th to uh, February 17th. And uh, basically, one of the, the big things to notice from uh, basically this past month is Dragon Quest Seven basically just stomping all kinds of ass on the sales charts. Um, at this point, at least when the sales are updated, this thing is already over you know a million units in two weeks, uh, which is pretty incredible. Uh, the, the first week, I think it sold somewhere around like 850,000, 880,000. And um, just this past week, it went through over 180,000 units, uh, kicking it up over you know a million. So that's pretty crazy. Um, of course, Animal Crossing is still, you know, destroying the charts. It went through 78,000 uh, copies this past month, and it's right around 2.5 million. Uh, with both of these, basically all of this stuff that we'll be talking about sales-wise, I mean, so this doesn't include digital sales, so who who the hell knows, like, you know, exactly. I think, I think the with Animal Crossing, it's over 3.2 million now. Wow, wow. So, I think they talked about it in the last, like, uh, financial briefing. Oh, did they? Okay. Because because eight hundred thousand more than eight hundred thousand downloaded the game. Okay. Wow. Wow. And it's the highest percentage of downloads for any Nintendo title. That's incredible. And with a game like Animal Crossing, it's kind of I, I could see that definitely. You know, uh, that, that's pretty cool. Um, another game that's up on the list here, pretty highly too, is Fantasy Life. Uh, that came out at the end of December, and just this past for the past week, uh, it, you know, it sold like eight eighty seven hundred units, but it's up over two hundred thirty thousand here in uh, Japan, which is yeah, it's that's not too bad. And then yeah, and it's a new IP exactly. So I mean, that's you know really something because Animal Crossing has you know all the Animal Crossing fans to draw off of and you know stuff like that. So and of course, Dragon Quest uh, being in Japan and Dragon Quest is a thing. Uh, yeah, so that that's just you know a, a a way to print money basically for Square Enix, but uh, yeah, Fantasy Life kind of you know doing pretty well for itself, and um, Mario Kart Seven Two is also still uh, chugging away. It just crossed to about the uh, two million mark right now, so it's really close in Japan. This is Japan, you know, worldwide. Obviously, the number's a little bit higher, but um. You know, I I'm pretty sure it's over two million if you would include downloads. Probably, you're right. Yeah. Yeah, so um, in terms of hardware, uh, 3DS is you know still doing pretty pretty well here in Japan. Uh, sold about 100,000 units in this period of time, and it's about 10.6 million here in Japan lifetime to date. Um, as we talked about last month, I believe that's over the lifetime to date for the PS3 in Japan, which is like just over nine million, which is kind of crazy to think. Um, Wii U, um, you know, not doing so hot anywhere <laughs> right now. Uh, sold about ten thousand units. Um, and let's be re let's be very real here. There's no software coming out. Exactly. So I mean, this. I guess we could talk about this now. So well, first, uh, right now in Japan, Wii U is sitting at about seven hundred eighty thousand units sold. Um, you know, one one thing that I'm pretty sure all of you out there, and I know you guys too, that uh, you guys have probably been seeing a lot of outlets or just blogs or whatever people talking about doom and gloom for nintendo because the wii u is selling like shit two months out you know um 
I find it ridiculous when I hear, I, I read some kind of a blog and some guy was saying like, yeah, Nintendo just really needs to just throw in the towel. They're obviously finished. And it's like, what the fuck are you talking about? Well, first of all, Nintendo has like this almost literally a mountain of cash somewhere underneath the Nintendo headquarters that Iwata swims in daily. And yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, that that's one thing. And then two, I mean, obviously there were two months in. If it's still looking this shitty in the fall, there's some fucking problems. But as it stands right now, no. That there that is just not the case. I, I don't know what you guys think about this, but uh, I think Nintendo can afford to flop several consoles before they throw in the towel. <laughs> I, Indeed. that That's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. Uh, wh- one thing, the, one of the most ridiculous things I have this month, and I will not call out the person or the outlet, but the most ridiculous thing I have seen um, in this last month or so is an article where it states that the press was wrong about how the Wii U is a beautiful console because it's not selling well. Hmm. I think you can go ahead and call out whoever said that. I'm not going oh. to do that. Because I, I'm not the one who would start such a war. I am. But I, I, <laughs> that, that, that's great for you, but I'm not, I'm not that such a type of person. But I, f- I think it's incredibly dumb to say such a thing. Because I still feel there's potential in the Wii U. I still think that the games that could come out for it could be very interesting and could use this, the features of the system well. Mm. And just because the game, the console is well made and it has impl- well implemented features, doesn't doesn't mean that is why the press should be wrong. We should just be angry that there is no software out there to support this good console. Mm-hmm. And Next month will be different. I mean, Europe and America will get Lego City Undercover, mm-hmm. and they will get Monster Hunter. Uh, Japan will get Game & Wario. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe something else, I don't know. Um, Need for Speed on most one, that seems good. Uh, but March will be the point where it will actually pump out software. So from that point, it will be more interesting to, to view on how the Wii U will sell. Now is not really the time, because nothing is supporting the system. Mm-hmm. Like, this month alone, we had a delay of Rayman Legends, mm-hmm. <laughs> one of the most important marquee titles of the Wii U. And yeah, that's really shit. But you know what? Nintendo should have done better with their uh, software releases. Because every single game they've promised for the launch window has dropped outside of the launch window. Mm-hmm. Went over. Yeah. Historically, I think it's kind of similar with what happened with the GameCube and the Wii. Yeah. Like, they were kind of short on awesome games. Like, I don't know, until Smash Brothers came out, which was, you know, months later on for both systems. Uh, with with the Wii, I don't agree because we had still a few awesome games between there. Because Smash Bros. came out way later. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, but with 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 the GameCube, I do see it. I would liken it more to the situation of the 3DS. Everything seems doom and gloom right now, but maybe down the line when games similar to Mario Kart 7 and um, New Super Mario 3D Land come out, 
everybody will, will be like, oh my god, I love the Wii U. Well, I think with 3DS it was even a little bit more dire because this type of talk was happening, you know, about five or six months after the system had launched and it was looking kind of bad. I mean, I yeah. think time makes a good uh, analogy there with, you know, Wii and GameCube because, <clears throat> I mean, GameCube had a, a pretty good launch. Smash Brothers came out like early December, Pikmin, uh, you know, they had some pretty good titles out up front and then it just kind of, there wasn't really anything until basically and for the GameCube until around like Eternal Darkness, like the summer of 2002. And then, you know, there were some other cool games. Animal Crossing came out, uh, Super Mario Sunshine, then Metroid. I mean, then you know, just really kind of to, you know, take its, you know, really kind of go places. Wii's kind of the same thing. I mean, uh, you know, had a relatively strong launch. Zelda, you know, Wii Sports. And then basically after that, you had WarioWare. And that was almost really it. And then you had, you know, later in 2007, you had Super Mario Galaxy, which is freaking amazing, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Uh, and then it, basically early 2008, Smash Brothers. So, I mean, things just kind of came together. So, But I think people should be angry about, and rightfully so, is that Nintendo has not learned. Yeah. And we talked about it before the Wii U came out. We talked about it possibly Nintendo should have learned, right? We talked about it before the E3 episode. Mm. And as it turns out, they haven't learned. And that is the thing that people should be angry about, and that's the sole reason people should be angry for the Wii U. Because the Wii U is an awesome system, and Nintendo should should really care more about re- delivering software in a timely manner for that system. Uh, you know, we haven't heard much from you, man. Like, what what do you think about all this stuff, man? All all these, I guess. You know, obviously, yeah. We we this is a Nintendo focused podcast, so we're a little bit biased. <laughs> but but I mean. Come on, this is fucking ridiculous. I, I don't. What do you think, man? Uh, yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, but personally, uh, I have a, a multi-system owner, mm-hmm. so yeah. uh, actually, actually, I don't care. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To be honest, man, I'm not biased, except in that I pretty much hate Nintendo now. <laughs> I, I, I'm the designated hater from now on. <laughs> and, and I just gotta say, like, once Nintendo gets out, like a Smash Brothers and a Zelda, like, nobody's gonna care. They're gonna make infinite free money forever, no matter how bad they are. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, they also need to learn a few lessons more concerning their marketing. Hmm. Like... Because we haven't seen marketing for the Wii U, pretty much. Hmm. And the... The, the value proposition to, like, the general consumer has become harder over the last couple of years. And the initial message, especially the one in North America, wasn't that strong for Ryu. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean... That, that, that's uh, Yeah, that's pretty much what I have to say yeah, about it. Yeah. Like, uh, I kind of feel like... I don't know. Then, then... I, I make these comments because I love it. That's the thing. I want... I want to love the Wii U more. Yeah, I mean, I want a cool game to come out that I'll like. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I don't... I, I'm pretty sure Nintendo is going to figure out a way to make an incredibly huge amount of money like they generally do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, if, if their marketing plan... uh doesn't include making a lot of money right now just later i mean that's fine mm-hmm. for yeah, them okay, yeah. i Pretty mean because uh, god and 
in uh, multi-platform podcasts that I listened to, they were kind of talking about like this type of thing where Nintendo's bleeding money. It's all over, you know. Nintendo but I mean... never bleeds money. They've po- <laughs> they posted losses like like twice ever in like the thirty years they've been making video games. Exactly, and that's one thing that a lot of podcasts and stuff like that don't. When they're talking about this topic, they don't talk about that. They just they just look at what's happening right now. And yeah, it looks kind of shitty if you're just looking at it right now. But if you look at the long run and basically even look at Nintendo's history, this isn't going to be a problem. And uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, like N- Nintendo may be often terrible at like making stuff that appeals to me, but they're never terrible at making money. Yes, that's very true. It's very true. I th- I think the best. The value where we can see the proposition of Wii U is by June, because most of the games that were promised for launch window will be out mm-hmm. by then. Mm-hmm. And I think that's way more important than viewing the Wii U as it is right yeah, now. Yeah, I think so too. Cool. Well, um, that's kind of a good little impromptu uh, tirade. <laughs> that right there. So that's awesome. But um, it's happening. Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, I guess the, the the next couple of bits of news aren't really as, uh, I guess, inflammatory. <laughs> I'll make them inflammatory. We could try. Um, so uh, here just last week, I believe, in, yeah, last week in Japan, uh, as of the time of this recording, there was a Luigi Direct. Well, there's a Luigi Direct. That's bullshit! <laughs> okay, I done my inflammatory It didn't happen! Yeah, it did they happen. They should just retire Mario. Yes. Like, just make Luigi the front man. Okay, Minota's getting pissed off because he is really into Mario. Nah, no. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, Luigi Direct. You know, they talked a lot about uh, Luigi's Mansion 2, as it's called here in Japan, Dark Moon. Uh, it's set to come out in Japan on March 20th, which is actually four days before the release in North America. And Don, is there actually a release for, for uh, Europe or Australia yet? Or is it just April? Uh, Europe, Europe is getting at March twenty first. Okay, okay. So say, say roughly the okay, same. Okay, cool, time. cool. So that's coming, and uh, then another kind of really cool little thing that popped up is Donkey Kong Country Returns is going to be coming to the three DS. Uh, at Meh. least here in Japan for sure. It's uh, been confirmed to be coming out here in the summer, and um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about that. The, the the biggest thing about that Luigi Direct for me was uh, Mario and Luigi mm-hmm. 4. Mm-hmm. Which is called Dream Adventure in Japan? Something. Dream, sure. Yeah. Mario and Luigi Dream Adventure. Yeah. That's the game I'm most excited mm-hmm. for. Cool. Yeah, so I mean, there's some cool, you know, kind of surprise stuff out of that. I just figured, you know, there's going to talk about Luigi's uh, Mansion 2 multiplayer or something. But yeah, th- there was some really kind of cool surprises. Um, out of there, uh, so that that was kind of cool. Um, it's it's funny how nobody of us mentions mentions Mario Golf. Oh yeah, there's that too. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, Mario Golf. Mario Golf. Yeah, I I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, it's the the problem uh, with the with the for most people with the tennis game was there was no RPG stuff i think with golf that's less needed because uh, it's more it's already more expensive than than what tennis is yeah, all about yeah it takes a lot longer to play a game of golf than it does to play a game of tennis typically <laughs> yeah and if it's if it has online i'm totally mm-hmm. on board yeah so 
Uh, well, this this yep. uh, next little bit of news has nothing to do with the Luigi Direct, really. But um, do how about Ty? Do you want to read that for us, man? Dragon Quest Ten. Yes, I would love to. More than anything. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> okay. Dragon Quest Ten is coming out on the Wii U on March 30th in Japan. There's a special Wii U premium set bundle coming as well, packaged with a copy of the game, a Wii U Pro controller. It's black. <laughs> a thousand yen Nintendo prepaid card and an item code for five of the in-game item Cho Genki Dama, or Super Energy Ball, if you will. The console set costs 42,000 yen, and the standalone game, both digital and physical copy, costs 6,980 yen. That's less than 7,000. <laughs> it should be noted that Per comments from Yosuke Saito at the Dragon Quest Direct back in December, owners of the Wii version of the game will receive half off of the Wii U version. Yeah, so that's... Real talk. Real talk. Yeah, so that's, that's kind of cool. Uh, new Dragon Quest uh, console bundle. It's really similar to the Wii console bundle that came out back in August, uh, basically with all the same stuff, just Wii-related. Um, so yeah, it's cool. But, you know, the Wii version was a hell of a lot cheaper. Uh <laughs> So, I might buy this. Yeah, I, you know, <clears throat> with my newfound uh, love, I guess, for Dragon Quest, I thought about it, but then I'm thinking, I don't know if I want to pay every month to play. You know, that's the only thing for me. Um, you can you can pay when you play. I guess I could, but uh, I don't know. Just that, just for not even just for Dragon Quest, just in general, like the the pay to play method for online gaming is just something that has never ever appealed to me. So. But at any rate, yeah, so that's that. Um, yes. Uh, so we have a couple of other little, well, actually a big uh, bit here. Uh, as many of you know, there was a Nintendo Direct as of the time of the recording. It was just yesterday, right? Yesterday? Day before yesterday. Yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Losing my mind here. Um, Even I watched it. <laughs> awesome. Cool. Well, uh, I, I'm pretty sure all of us here had watched it, and um, so we're going to kind of hit some uh, some of the main points of the uh, event here, and uh, Minoru, would you mind starting us off? Okay. Tomodachi uh, Collection, Shin Seikatsu, or New Life. Uh, Nintendo Direct opened with Iwata coming into a Nintendo-themed room filled with arcade cabinets, Famicom, and NES cartridges, and a big Game Boy. After the introduction, the Nintendo president talked about the original version and made it unique. Finally, he touched for a minute on some of the new features in the 3DS game, like Street Pass and Spot Pass, as well as the inclusions of new locations. There are also more things collectively done as a group of... Hmm. 
cool. Yeah, I, I really like the uh, kind of the introduction to the whole Nintendo Direct was basically Iwata in this Tomodachi collection form with complete with the computerized voice, <laughs> which was I thought that was great. And it was really cool get, getting to see yeah. these little rooms just filled with like all this Nintendo stuff. Um, yeah, so that that was really cool. Uh, I'm not so sure I'm going to pick this game up, but <laughs> I thought the, the pr- presentation was cool. Heck yes, you mm. should. Heck yes, you should pick up Tomodachi Collection. <laughs> I love the original hmm. DS game. Um, it's like the social elements of Animal Crossing mixed with bizarre moments. Hmm. And it, it, it's, it's, it's funny because you can basically hook up also different characters. That's what also I think I liked about Fire Emblem hmm. Awakening. Um, but it's yeah, it's it's really fun to see these characters interact with each other, giving them actual personalities and basically giving them constantly a better place to live in. It, it's it's hmm. fun. Um, so you you give them a little bath or you give them a little toy to play with, and you uh, and you just put the the DS down and watch them as they play around. It's it's really funny and mm-hmm. enjoyable. Um, it's it's it was one of the more original concepts I found I found on Nintendo DS. It was really a refreshing mm-hmm. game. Uh, so I am really excited, especially now that it has Spot Pass and Street Pass enabled, yeah. because uh, the options with that are kind yeah. of endless. And this is coming to Japan on April 18th. It's going to run 4,800 yen for either the digital or physical version. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm go- just going to download it yeah, digitally. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right, Don. Well, uh, would you mind actually reading this next little bit of news? Heck yeah. Um. Legend of Zelda Oracle of Ages and Oracle of Seasons are coming to Japan next week on, well, next week at the time of recording, on February 27th. Um, well, both of those games are 600 yen each, um, as usual with the Game Boy Color Virtual Console. Uh, you can get both games for 1,000 yen to, until early March. Um, linking system intact? They, well, okay. I, I've never actually played these games, but, you know, from hearing kind of like the chat that we had going the other day on Skype when this was happening, that th- this game featured some kind of like Link stuff <laughs> with both games. Yeah, yeah, it, it features Link functionality, which you can see more content than both yeah, games. I, I, but I wonder how that works with if you have both games on one system. Because one thing that I think the 3DS is... I, I, know, I, know, I know how it works on both games on one system. Okay. Basically, every download, every downloadable title on Wii, DSiWare, uh, Wii, Wii U, 3DS has a code. Um, this is a, a code that you can also find on specific uh, retail games. Like when you enter uh, a game, for example, Club Nintendo, it will show you its retail code, right? Okay. Um, developers can utilize this specific code um, and encode uh, games in a specific way to recognize the different the different software and give them different functionalities and switch between the functionalities between those two games. Okay. And that's how it actually works. It's pretty simple and pretty easy to use. I've seen a few Western developers use it, but it's not used very often. Hmm. 
Well, I, I was going to mention anyways, too, that actually, I mean, a lot of people in the West probably don't realize this, but there are a lot of games for the Vir 3DS Virtual Console that have been coming out recently that uh, feature, well, I mean, this is kind of related, I guess, but uh, uh, two players, you know, co-op play sometimes, or just, you know, I guess alternating, alternating two-player play through 3DS Virtual Console games. Uh, download play type of stuff also um, not just you know the Sega Game Gear stuff but even some Nintendo stuff which is pretty cool um, but I, I just don't have anybody to try any of this stuff with um, you know so that's kind of a bummer but um, yeah so uh, yeah Zelda Oracle of Ages Oracle of Seasons In Japanese it's Zelda no Densetsu Fushigi no Kinomi uh, Ages is Jiku no Shou and Seasons is Daichi no Shou and uh, yeah, 500 yen each, 1,000 yen uh, for both up until I think it was March 20th. So yeah, yeah, so that's pretty cool. I, I, I think I, I think the linking system is promoted that way that you can buy them both for 1,000 yen because of the linking system. Okay, cool, cool. Yeah, sweet. All right, well, um, I'll go ahead and read the next little bit of news here. Uh, this is something that actually Minoru wrote up on the site. It's about Sean the Sheep. Uh, he's going to be available on the eShop. Uh, for sale in video form. Uh, now, Sean the Sheep has been, I'm, I'm pretty sure it's been in, I know for sure, Europe, America too, perhaps? America just recently. Okay. Got it. It's been on the Japanese uh, Nintendo video for a little while now, and uh, Nintendo's actually finally uh, making it available for purchase on the eShop. This is, what makes it interesting is that Neither North America or Europe has it available digitally. Yeah, I thought that was surprising that Ninten that Japan is, you know, taking the, <laughs> I guess, you know, being the first one to do this with this. So. Uh, and and, and, the word, and the first cartoon has a Nintendo queue, so I kind of always want to have it on my system, so I'm definitely going to download that. Yeah, well. and uh, basically volumes one through three are going to be coming out, well, are out right now, and uh, each volume actually has three stories. Uh, volume 1 is especially priced at 100 yen, but the other two are going to be priced at 200 yen. Uh, five volumes are planned to be released uh, in total. So, yeah, kind of cool. Um, yeah. If you're into Shaun of the, she Shaun the Sheep, I'm kind of just impartial. <laughs> uh, I, I did watch some of the stuff on Nintendo Video when it first came out, and, you know, it, it's fun, it's funny, and um, but I don't know if I want to pay money for it. <laughs> I, I can see myself paying 100 yen for it. It's not unreasonable. Yeah, it's not unreasonable. If it was like a thousand yen, that's that's fucking ridiculous. But <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, next tie. Do you want to read this next little bit? Oh, more than anything. Okay. <laughs> <clears throat> Dragon Ball Heroes Ultimate Mission. Use cards to create a team of five characters. Features story mode and multiplayer. Includes all modes from arcade version. Also includes Street Pass and QR options. And that's next week. Yeah, but I think that's February 28th. Uh, there's been a lot of uh, videos and stuff like this on the 3DS eShop, also the Wii U eShop promoting the 3DS game. Um, there are over 900 cards, I believe, in the game. Over 9,000? No, it's over 9,000! Yeah, maybe. What? 9,000? <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should just throw that f clip in here right now. Vegeta, what does the scouter say about his power level? It's over 9,000! What, 9,000? <laughs> and, um, well, yeah, there, there are a lot of cards, but it wasn't really, I wasn't really clear when I was reading it if that was if that meant just character cards or if that also included, like, uh, battle stuff, too. It, it could, but either way, I mean... What, 9,000? 
even if it's like half of that are characters that's a lot of characters and um obviously you know it's you know there's goku there's super saiyan one goku super saiyan two goku super saiyan three goku with the mohawk you know whatever um so yeah that's kind of cool look look kind of fun but um it's over nine thousand anyway so next up minoru could you go ahead and read that next bit of news for us Yes, uh, Super Robot Wars UX now being covered. And we, it will feature brand new characters. 3DS XL bundle was also mentioned once again. It's due out March 14th. Yeah, so uh, this is something that's kind of been known even before this Nintendo Direct, but uh, Super Robot Wars, what, Super, Ro- Super Robot Taisang? Taisei? Yeah, yeah. Tyson. Okay. Tyson. Tyson UX. Tyson. Um, yeah, they there's this uh, 3DX or 3DS XL that's going to be coming out. It looks pretty hot. I wrote up a new story on it when they first announced it, and uh, I don't know about the game, but the system looks kind of cool. <laughs> but um, I, I I'm in, I'm interested in the game. Mm. I like it. Did I see a... Hatsune Miku in the Nintendo yeah. Direct in this game? Yes, the Miku bot. <laughs> Cool. It's happening. That's correct, yeah. Uh, the, the, they announced that way back, I think, in, in December? Mm, I don't Something think it was like that, that far back, but it, it's been a while. Yeah. But any, anywho. Yeah. So, next up, uh, there was some uh, video footage shown of Castlevania Lord of Shadow, Lords of Shadow, Mirror of Fate. Um, that's coming out here in Japan on March 20th, uh, which is... What? It comes out in North America March 5th. How about Europe, Don? March 8th. 8th. Okay, so Japan's getting it last. I don't know, it kind of makes sense, right? Because isn't it, uh, what, a European developer? Okay. Yeah, uh, Mercury State. Okay, got it. Cool. All right, uh, Don, go ahead, man. Guild Zero 2 um, is coming out next month in Japan, um, but... The interesting thing is it's going to be available as three separate downloadable titles. Um, so starting uh, March 14th, um, Monsters Come Out on Friday will be released. <clears throat> this is from My Summer Vacation maker Kazu Ayashi. Uh, it features Sota, which is the protagonist of the game, who lives in a rural town. Uh, this town has monsters suddenly coming out on Friday, and he has to figure out why this is. Uh, the second game, which comes out on March 19th, is Insect Tank, from KG Inafune's Studio Concept. Uh, you fight giant ants in this tiny tank. Uh, you customize your tank's turrets and body. And there's also a multiplayer mode that supports up to four tank drivers. Uh, the final game is called Spaceship Demray. It's from Dragon Quest programmer and, two, and True Knight developer Kazuya Asano. Uh, it's a suspense adventure game. Um, it starts with a spaceship crash and you lost all your memory. And you have to figure out on the spaceship a way to escape. Cool. Cool. Well, they, I know at the Nintendo Direct they didn't actually say these dates. But, um, yeah, that's cool. Uh, I'm really glad that these are coming out. And uh, exclusive to the eShop. No more physical versions of this. Um did, I know they didn't say anything about obviously because they didn't say the release date on the Nintendo Direct, but they did. Did they mention the price and what you saw, Don? 
No, they didn't mention the price of these okay. titles. They might be similar to the other ones where basically in Japan, every every one of the four uh, Guild Zero One titles were 800 yen each. So, you know, like eight or nine bucks. Okay. So, yeah, that's not too bad. And um, yeah, so that's cool. Yep. Cool, cool. All right. Next up, Ty. Could you go ahead and talk about the next little bit here? Yes. Let's see. Where were we? Shin Megami Tensei 4. Trailer being shown. Demons you own are kept and summoned from your wristband computer, just like real life. (laughs) (laughs) Over 400 types of demons. Collect battle and trade them all. (laughs) Due out May 23rd. And that also has a special edition 3DS out the same day. Cool. Well, I think James Jones is kind of celebrating. Um, <laughs> he doesn't have. A, I don't think he has a three, uh, Japanese 3DS. So, but uh, <laughs> just the thought, the idea, I guess, of this. He might have one now, very soon. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Oh God. Cool. All right. Well, next up, one of the other big things that kind of happened <laughs> at the event. Uh, Minoru, could you go ahead and tackle that for us? Sure. Uh, moving on to Monster Hunter 4 and Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate. Users have wanted to play Monster Hunter 3 Ultimate online on 3DS, enabled through the Wii U. This is not possible, but you have to have a Wii U LAN adapter. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I guess the the way that this is being implemented isn't a way that anybody wants it to be implemented, but it's just kind of like, I guess, the workaround that well, they have to do. I, I tried it yesterday to... With the Wii U LAN adapter. The LAN adapter doesn't freaking work on Wii U proper. You had a Wii LAN adapter <laughs> and using it on the Wii U? Yeah. Okay, because I had, I had a Wii <clears throat> LAN adapter. It's not here, it's back in America now. Yeah. But, um, like, why, what didn't work? It, just... it, it didn't want to connect. Oh, wonderful. Um, but, yeah, basically what you have to do if you want to play this online on your 3DS, you've got to buy this special adapter to have a wired connection to the Internet to your from, to your Wii U, and then after that, you can download a special application from the Wii U eShop, uh, basically one per console, and you can, as soon as you activate this application, it basically you can use that to connect to the internet, kind of, <laughs> to play, you know, against other people, so, I don't it's know. The future. <laughs> it's the future. Um, kind of a janky way to do it, but, I yeah. mean... I mean, it, I, okay, it's fine. This not like this is if this is if they had been working on this for years and this is what they came up with, that shit. But I mean, this is kind of like an after the fact type of thing, so it's okay. I could kind of understand, but it's still ridiculous. Well, Monster Hunter Four will have native online multiplayer, so exactly. Mm. So I mean, they're not too worried about you know, I guess making everybody one hundred percent happy about this because it's if they want to play online, either they can do it on the Wii U natively anyway, or they can just wait till Monster Hunter Four. So, and uh, you don't have to have uh, Monster Hunter Three Ultimate or Wii U version right. to play this. Yeah, although uh, I think uh, I said Monster Hunter Three Ultimate Online on 3DS, but uh, but uh, actually it's uh, Monster Hunter Three G Online on 3DS. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, and um, next up here, well, you know, there was a Monster Hunter 4 trailer that was kind of shown off. Uh, seemed to be some new-ish footage. Yep. 
kind of. Yeah, there was a lot of colors. Stuff. Yeah, a lot, lot of, of colors. Yeah, a lot of different stuff. It looked actually looked kind of cool. A lot of spanking monsters with your swords and weapons as usual. Um, and that's still, you know, due out in the summer. No specifics given on that. So, um, um, I guess to kind of round it out, I'll just kind of go through this last little bit. Uh, you know, so so three 3D movies from the uh, presentation were available on the eShop immediately after the event. Um, what was that for? Castlevania? Castlevania, uh, Super Robot Tyson, and Professor Layton. And right. I've posted all of those three videos, a direct feed, on the, my channel. Cool. Yeah, so check those out if you're interested. Um, yeah. Also, this was actually a little bit news a little bit before uh, the event anyway, but the Dragon Quest uh, 10 beta for the Wii U is starting on March 6th. Uh, so mm-hmm. for y- gamers in Japan who bought a Wii U a premium set they had it came with this little code where you can use to basically have access to the beta and uh so yeah you can do that starting on the 6th um also on the 5th uh they're going to update um Dragon Quest 10 to version 1.3 so yay what is actually <laughs> included with version 1 uh, 1.3 as far as i can tell well they really didn't say <laughs> they just said that it's going to happen and yeah i, th- I um, think there's a video on the eShop but i haven't watched it was there? Because I, I remember watching like the conference and they just said, "Yep, it's coming to 1.3." And I was like, "What does that mean?" <laughs> you know. Um, so yeah, I mean, probably just maybe more level cap rising, uh, <laughs> adding more functionality for your house, probably. Uh, I don't know stuff like that. But um, a couple of other videos that were shown uh, through the event as well. There's a game called Yokai Watch. It um, was kind of shown off a touch detective game. It's yeah, it was a, uh, it's a spin-off puzzle title. Okay. Okay. Also, there's this weird... Uh, you guys probably saw it. The weird mushrooms... What is it called? Nameko Nantoka Nantoka. Yeah, I I don't remember what it was called, but there's this really popular, like, mushroom type of thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it looks like It something. looks like... Yes. Yes. It doesn't look like a mushroom. <laughs> but... <laughs> Man, you know, I work at a school and my kids love these things. And I just like look at it and I just immediately see this object that I don't even need to say it. You know what I'm talking about. You just see that and you're like, seriously? Okay, that's fine. You can it's, like it's that. A, it's, it's a chungus. <laughs> it, it's a chungus. It's a dingus. You could get pleasure from candy. You could get pleasure in your mouth. Or you could rub your dingus. Um. Yeah, anyways, this dingus game is getting a, uh, like a, pu- there's a puzzle dingus that's going to be coming out on the 3DS. Puzzle dingus. <laughs> Mini-san. Rub your dingus. So, you can get all the puzzle dingus. You can, ding- you can ding- puzzle with your dingus, what? You can puzzle with your dingus, all the puzzle dingai oh, out there. Um, let's quit talking about dingus, is dingai, whatever you want to call him. Um, and then, yeah, again, ding- there's some Super Robot Wars uh, stuff out there, too. The showed uh, <laughs> They showed off more of that LL or the XL 3DS bundle. So, yeah, all in all, I thought it was a, it was a pretty cool conference. I mean, it wasn't like anything completely jaw dropping, but I, I'm really happy that those uh, Oracle games are going to be coming to the uh, virtual console I mean, here. I, next f- week. I feel it was kind of expected that they would talk about Tomodachi Collection since they didn't do it with the Luigi special. Yeah, yeah. I, um, cause... I mean, I mean, mm-hmm. they talked about like. Um, uh, Band Brothers DX during the Luigi one, mm-hmm. 
like that all those songs will be transferable to uh, from DS to 3DS. Mm-hmm. And that's and then there was only one title left. I was watching the Japanese conference. I was thinking, where the hell is Tomodachi Collection? And then that was <laughs> at the beginning of this one. Like, yeah. okay. Yeah, as soon as I like turned it on, because I, I got around right at eight, and, like right around it started, right around when it started. I was like, oh yeah, there's that game. <laughs> so that's the, the Tomodachi Collection is the only game I truly care about in 2013. Yeah, you know, I, you know, with okay, with bad the sentence. with with the virtual console stuff, the Zelda stuff, I thought it was weird because typically Nintendo always updates the what basically what's coming out the following week for the virtual console, and I saw that they didn't have anything. Like after Wednesday, yeah. after the update, so it's like, hmm, I, they're probably going to be saying something at the Nintendo Direct. So, but we yeah. didn't expect it to be Nintendo related. I I didn't think it was going to be Zelda. <laughs> yeah. And one one other cool thing too, whenever before they announced you know these Oracle games too, the you know Iwata was basically he wasn't he, he wasn't saying Link at first, he was just saying like something like, yeah, you know you're a hero that you all love who wears green is going to be coming to the 3DS Virtual Console. And then it showed like a picture of Tingle just sitting there. <laughs> and I was like, "What? What? Tingle on the virtual console?" And then like Link slowly like moved in from the left and just you know <laughs> put him out of the place. But anyway, <laughs> yeah. So that's gonna do it for the Nintendo Direct and the news. And we have kind of a mini feature that we're gonna be doing up here uh, next. So stay tuned. Okay, so obviously if you know anything about video games, uh, this just right now here in Japan... What's video games? What what are video games? Nobody knows. Just obviously here recently, Sony had the PlayStation 2013 event where they revealed the PlayStation 3 minus, you know, showing off the physical console. <laughs> you mean the PlayStation um, 4, right? Oh my god. Yes! <laughs> <laughs> the PlayStation well, do you 4. Start, do you want to start over again? <laughs> the PlayStation 4. And, um, yeah, so I mean, a, a lot of really interesting things were shown off. Uh, it was, what, like two hours long, basically, this whole event. Um, so lo- lots of software was shown off, which I thought was really great because I just figured uh, lots of software, not an really. okay amount well, of software. Okay, <laughs> more software than I expected because I just expected them just to talk about hardware completely uh, with a like a game or two. But um, at any rate, some software was talked about, as was some hardware, and um, yeah. So I think. I guess one thing that I think we can start up first, because this is kind of related to Nintendo, is, well, obviously, you know, one thing that we've seen and one thing that Sony is kind of talking about with this new system is uh, essentially the ability to do off-TV play via the Vita. What do you guys think about this? I think it will not work for too complicated games. Hmm. Uh, simply put, there there are games, for example, let's say expensive like first person games or anything else you need to have like an L an R3 and an R and an, and an L3 uh, and those are handled by the back panel of the PlayStation Vita and i think for that such quick action games that is not going to work and there are also specific instances where you 
it's going to be pretty graphic, graphically intensive, and I'm not sure if the Vita would be able to handle that. Hmm. So I'm I'm not very. I, I like the potential of it. I like that you can play it on the Vita, mm-hmm. but in pra- but in practical use, one you have to have to buy a Vita, and two, it's kind of future music. You kind of have to wait for to see if it actually will work. It's 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 pretty much hot air balloons right now. But how long will that hot air balloon stay before it comes back to the ground and become reality? Hmm. Hmm. Ty, what do you think, buddy? Well, there, like, um, I can't really imagine a world where I own a Vita <laughs> or like one where I don't have access to the television that I have my consoles plugged into. Like, I don't know. I know, like, a lot of people that play video games a lot are, like, maybe into their 30s, have 2.4 children, and, like, (laughs) a wife, and maybe they all like to watch Spongebob during prime gaming time. Hey, what's wrong with that? I don't know. I don't know if that's a a thing that actually happens to people, where they have to, like, quit playing video games on the TV. Like, is that a real demographic? Well, I, I think so. I mean, even just, like, I think about listening to connectivity and listening to guys like, you know, Andy or Scott and Neil. Like, they're like, you know, my girlfriend, wife, whatever, wants to watch TV, so then I could, you know, play this or that on Wii U and stuff like that. Or that's why some people like having, like, handheld consoles around more than they like having, like, a home console so that they can do that. But I, I understand what you're talking about, Ty, because, I mean, yeah. guys I like... Mean, I guess all it, of us, you know. If Nintendo and Sony's marketing says that's a real demographic, I'll take their word for it. <laughs> but, you know, I mm-hmm. don't care about demographics. <laughs> because you're Ty Shugart. Yeah, I care about me. <laughs> yes. And I think we're all in the same boat. We don't have to worry about, you know, wives, girlfriends, kids coming and taking our TV with SpongeBob. I like SpongeBob, so I'd be okay with it. But. You know, we don't have to really worry about that, so it's not really speaking to us. But, it... but, but for example, you, you're watching something else on the television and playing it on that controller or on Vita. I see myself using that controller more because of how it feels in your hands. I don't see myself playing like a full console experience on that small little touchscreen. Right. And mostly because I'm not sure if everything will work exactly as I want or predict. And, God, I don't know. Then if you think about stuff like, you know, what, Microsoft kind of tried to do this with um, Xbox Smart Glass, kind of. What? Yeah. And uh, (laughs) one of the things that it, I guess, that happens is that, you know, unless they make this mandatory for developers to, you know, make them do this, uh, how well is this even going to be implemented? You know, um, with Wii U, it's most games they can have some kind of an off-TV play, or if they don't, then they're using the touchscreen for some other, you know, crazy reason. But I don't know. It's just I'm I'm just curious how this is going to be implemented into you know games. <laughs> yeah, it's also if the it also needs to be seen if developers sees sees fit to use it. It's not like it can be used for anything else but off-TV play. Exactly. With, with Wii U, you have it natively built into the system and a second stream running for it. Mm-hmm. So it's very easy to bring something up on that controller and make it very simple and intuitive to use. 
And that's my biggest issue with the whole RTV play on the PlayStation 4. It seems cool in practice, but how much will you actually use it? Minoru, you've been a little bit quiet. Do you have any thoughts about this? Uh, yeah, um, I'm concerned um, about um, time lag. Mm. Yeah, because I read in Iwata Asks, uh, um, designing Wii U, and they, um, they made um, a special effort to reduce lag. Yeah. So I I don't I don't know if of uh, TV Vita play is as lag lag free as Wii U one. Yeah. Yeah, and then obviously the unspoken thing that we haven't really said is well obviously this is going to be fucking expensive. <laughs> you know, buying a brand new PlayStation Four and then having a Vita. I mean, even though the Vita just got a price drop here in Japan. <laughs> Jesus, it's still going to be freaking it's, it's, expensive. But the Vita is still a value proposition, and I don't see the value in a, in a, in having a Vita right now. I have one, mostly to cover games, but outside of for the regular consumer, I just don't see it yet. Yeah, I, you know, I'm kind of amused when I see... I saw some Vita ads on, on like, a, I guess, this little TV at electronic store, and it, sh it was showing, like... Japanese families, you know, passing around the Vita, playing with it, like the kid, and then the mom's, like, playing with it. And I'm thinking, what the fuck country does this actually happen in? I don't think this happens anywhere. <laughs> but, huh, what do I know? <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I have a Vita and somebody looks over me and says, screw over, I want to play my Vita. Go away. <laughs> I want to yeah. play this. Go away. Yeah, so I guess that, <laughs> that that kind of does it with that. But um, so uh, next up, you know, DualShock Four, the I guess gradual evolution of the Super Nintendo controller is now the DualShock Four. Um, what do we think about this? Do we think I don't know? I, I have kind of my own opinions about PlayStation controllers in general, but I have a lot of opinions. Okay, good. I have a lot of opinions too. All right, let's go. Two opinions enter. One opinion okay. leaves. <laughs> so, I will, I will, I will say this about the DualShock Four: the touchscreen on the front is dumb. Why? I, I, I don't see any practical use for it, and reaching it very easy with my hands. Okay. What are you going to use the touchscreen for? You, you barely even use it well in things on the PlayStation Vita. Drawing dicks. Rub your dingus. <laughs> okay, that sounds interesting. Go on. I think no, you meant. I think you meant. I think you meant oh. dingus. But, uh, like, I I've always been dissatisfied with the DualShock. I mean, it's been more or less on change since the '90s, and I think it has, you know, like a couple of ergonomic problems. Like the weird D-pad thing is. Not that comfortable. I I think the position uh, of the left yeah. analog stick is kind of uncomfortable. Um, but one thing I really, really, really do like is that the the thumbsticks are no longer like convex; they're kind of concave now, so your thumbs don't slide off of them. That's really good, yeah. Yeah, because like playing a first-person shooter on the PS3 is a nightmare world. And I'm not even 
talking about like from a smug mouse using PC gamer perspective. I mean, even just compared to like the Xbox or even the Wii, really, like it sucks. <laughs> True. So at, at least it's better. It it could be a lot better, but at least it's better. Yeah, I, and then I, we have also the blue bit on the back. The the sensor thing, yeah. The sensor thing with the new PlayStation 4 I, or better known as the PlayStation 4 sensor bar. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, how about that guy that was talking about security cameras and crazy things? No, no, no. How about the guy who talked about freaking cars? <laughs> <laughs> right. There were some. I I like cars. It's really fucking weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> th- there were some kind of characters up there. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I guess you know. Back to the controller. I don't know. One thing I've always not liked about the controller, kind of tied, touched on this. I mean, the left analog stick. I fucking hate that. I fucking hate it. Okay, I can understand. You know, when they first did the Dual Shock, you know, in the '90s. Okay, that's a weird place for an analog stick, but, you know, it's not your primary uh, way of controlling your character or something, right? But now, come on. Yeah, like, on the the PS1, it was, like, a tacked-on thing. Yeah. And, come on, there's... Are you saying there's not room for improvement after, like, what, 15 years? There's totally room for improvement. Yeah. I don't know. Minoru, do you have any opinions about the PlayStation controller in general or this? Yeah, uh, I also uh, dislike uh, the D-pad. Yeah, but in these days, uh, I found an advantage. Uh, do you know um, Monster Hunter Hold mm-hmm. or some special way to play Monster Hunter Portable? Yeah. Uh, like, uh, um, usually uh, you use thumb to um, control on the D-pad, mm-hmm. but um, most Hunter players uh, <laughs> use uh, left index finger oh, God. To, con- to control uh, camera by and, uh, D-pad. <laughs> and, and actually, um, playing Demon's Souls, I naturally started to use uh, to use my index finger <laughs> this way. <laughs> Uh, naturally, yeah. Wow. Uh, yeah. While um, moving around uh, using the uh, left analog stick, uh, using index finger, I can change uh, weapons, <laughs> seals, uh, items, <laughs> and magic. Oh God. Yeah. So <laughs> so and and if you use uh, the index finger this way, uh, the uh, that horrible D-pad uh, <laughs> works really well. Uh, better, better than Nintendo D-pad. Wow, well, there it is. Sony has the best D-pad for your left index finger. Yes. <laughs> Win. And that's, the entire conversation was still less creepy than the one about cars. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, I, I agree with the D-pad. But mo- I can... I have come to the point where I can kind of deal with the D-pad of the PlayStation 3, and now I have to kind of learn it all over again with the PlayStation 4. So I'm like, oh, okay. Well. Have you guys seen the MLG Pro controller for PS3 and 360? No. No. It no. actually lets you detach the D-pad and the 
and the left stick and like swap their positions. Oh, wow. oh really? Yeah. Hmm. There's a feature somebody should steal. Didn't uh, Microsoft had something with their uh, control pad yeah, and like the, some the, newer the, controller? The, the twist pad. Yeah, I didn't understand that. Well, basically, I, well, I'd never. Basically, you can change the intensity of the of the twist pad to make the D-pad easier to use, and that D-pad okay. is actually better now than the PlayStation Three. So it has finally become second. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> But it, that one is really hard to find, that specific controller. It's really hard to come across. I don't even know if they released it in Japan, because I remember when they released it in the West. Uh, I have one. Oh, you have one? Oh, God, why? Yeah. I'm a loser. <laughs> I, I don't know, because I remember when it came out in America, I was like, man, I want one of those. And then I was like looking around like places and stuff, and I was like, oh, it's not out here yet. And then just forgot about it until now. <laughs> Um, so what, what did we think about, like, the, the, the streaming services and the th- fact that you can download, like, games and then already play them and then it will continue to download them in the background? And... I'm I'm remaining kind of skeptical about it. Yeah. I, I mean, that that's quite a claim, you know. Here's the, here's the thing. Here's the thing with I, what I feel about it, right? What if the game, let's say, is an open world? Well, then people have to implement this in the download file that you first download the entire open world and then after the first chapter and then so on. Uh, it's it, there are a lot of unanswered questions about this. I mean, it <clears throat> for so something that's kind of like linear or not as not an open world game. Okay, that's fine. Yeah, but if it's something, yeah, how can you do that? I I just don't understand. Um, how <laughs> this is going to be made I'm sure possible? It's the the kind of thing that'll be have to be optimized on a like a per game basis. It's it's something you're going to have to set like right on the plate to developers and let them deal with it. I I think. But is is this something that companies would actually be bothered to do? Um. Well, if, if it, they want their games to be on the PS3, yes. But if if they want PS4. To... Oh, and you said PS3 yeah. again. I know I did. God, <laughs> but it, it's it's yeah. for me hard to say if developers would be actually interesting in implementing such a feature, because it will definitely have changed their way how they build up games in their format and on their files. So it's inter- interesting for me how developers will react to this specific instance. Um, what else is there? So you can apparently stream stuff and upload video through a share button. That is very cool. I mean, you know me. I'm all about live streaming. I I spent, like... Isn't it an asshole move to not do Twitch? Yeah. So I'll probably end up using my external streaming gear anyway if I happen to own a PS4. (laughs) But, I mean, it's a step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, the whole Ustream deal seems interesting that it can have, like... Streams running while you're playing a game, and then you can upload videos um, when you're done. Um, Actually, a couple of current generation games that have taken advantage of being able to upload to YouTube. But natively, from a native standpoint of view, it's something that I would be interested in. Uh, but like how the guys from Giant Bomb said it best, it will be a new generation of glitch glitch videos. Yeah, I, and I think that's great. I love glitch videos. Oh man, me I too. love seeing like what people can do in games—just crazy stuff they figure out. 
or just incredibly funny things that happen. I mean, how many yeah. times have you guys like had something ridiculous happen and just wish you had just recorded that? Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> many, many times. Yeah. Uh me too. Um Yeah. Um so what do we do we think about the game show then? Well, I guess with with share, if we take yeah. a step back to that for a second, okay, like, sure. you know, kind of, you know, obviously Nintendo's kind of doing something like this with Miiverse um in a little bit more of a I guess integrated way. I mean, obviously you're not streaming videos or whatever or any of that type of stuff, but I don't know. Like, how do you think this bodes for, I guess, the perception of Nintendo and Miiverse and stuff like that? Miiverse is a very different beast than what they're currently trying to do. Because Miiverse is its own integrated system with its own, like, um, steps and features. Like, it's more of a web-based service in the sense that you... Uh, want to discuss uh, games and get tips and get help out there. This seems more like a profile system and getting more quicker in touch with your friends. So inherently they're both very different in what they present, really. Hmm. Indeed. Indeed. But going back to the point I was wanting to make, what do we think of the software that was shown? I was like a little bit, eh. I... You know, I, I rewatched the trailer for Knack uh, today in HD because God, when I was watching, uh, even when I watched, I watched like a str- like a video of the stream. So I mean, you know, on Giant Bomb, which is great, but you know, sometimes obviously you couldn't get the visual fidelity that they were trying to go come across, you know, with the PS4. Um, but I mean, I don't know. I think with Knack, I thought that was kind of a cool idea. Um, you know, lots, I guess. One of the things, you know, obviously the PS4 has some really rad, you know, horsepower basically underneath. Yeah. And I think, you know, like uh, different like kind of particle effects and just all, all sorts of other different stuff like that. You can kind of see that, just, you know, basically Knack getting like cracked with like a sword and they, like pieces of them are just like flying and stuff yeah, like that. Yeah, that looks and, interesting. Uh, it's from the Japan team. So I really like those bunch of guys over there. Uh, they made one also the one of the most Vita games I like, which is Gravity Days. And of course, they worked on Loco Roco, which are t- which are fantastic games. So I'm definitely interested in that. Um, for the rest, they showed the new Kill Zone, which I was like, the, it, sh- it was beautiful at the beginning, and then it turned back into a shooter. <laughs> it's like beautiful, beautiful colors. Oh, that blue. Oh, it's a shooter again. Okay. At least it has slightly better analog uh, sticks this time. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Then there was Drive Club, which was like this first-person driving game with this weird talking guy. Yeah, and he wanted to confirm. He said, "We basically patented this shit like nine years ago. Look it up." Like, okay, yeah. we believe you, man. As they kind of kept saying on Giant Bomb, they're like, "We fucking yeah. believe you, dude. You don't have to like, you know, tell this so many times." <laughs> yeah, we we want to love cars. That's why we made Motorstorm before. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it seems interesting. For so again, he talked really weird. Yeah. I, uh, I don't know. With that game, though, I don't know about you guys. I don't. First, he said first person. Like the game's only going to be. A, did he say? I'm pretty sure it's what. He, unless I'm wrong. The. Yeah, is your first your first person driver. <sighs> I I like first person driving sometimes, but I don't know if I like it all the time. I like it most of the time. Yeah, and you do it in teams too, so that will be interesting. 
We know to, uh, about any of the stuff that we just talked about. Do you have any thoughts about that or things that you hate or love? Well, uh, the witness uh, looks uh, interesting. And I think uh, it was the most impressive one. Yeah. Uh, aside from that, um, all of them uh, looks beautiful. Yeah. But um, but uh, I think um, I don't think uh, they play so differently. Yeah. So um, kind of. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I w- I want to talk about the biggest fu moment of the entire conference, if you don't mind. Okay. Square Enix. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay, let, let's talk about this. First of all, they came on stage and showed a video, oh. a concept video, which they showed at, at GDC, I think, last yeah, year. Yeah, dude, because when I saw that, I was thinking, this looks really familiar. Oh, wait, this is the same exact thing. And Giant Bomb was saying, I think maybe some things are different. I don't think anything was different. <laughs> no, nothing was different. And then, secondly, the brand manager of, um, of Final Fantasy came on stage and said, we have something to show at E3. Bye. <laughs> Talk about owned. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking troll. <laughs> Deal with it. And then, like, sunglasses fall from the rigging onto his face. Yeah. Um, Ono was there. He talk- He showed their new engine as well, which oh, was no. Um, Oh, no. I, I like Ono. Oh, hmm. But th- his translator was just pissed to be there. For some reason, hmm. it was just funny. Uh, finally, there was the the Bungie guys. That was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, that the Bungie guys were at the PlayStation conference. Yeah. And the first thing they did was just <laughs> stand about and looked around at the audience. Yeah, like the those four guys in the back. They didn't say anything. They just stood there, and then just like waved. Yeah. And then they, when I went off the stage, they waved and again. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I liked I liked the composer who just confusedly look around at how big the audience was. Like, oh my god, they let me out, now I'm in front of a crowd! Ah! Rub your dingus. <laughs> yeah, um, that second part of the conference was uh, slightly awkward. <laughs> That's kind of a good way to put it. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yeah, it was half and half. I liked aspects of the, of the hardware. I'm not that impressed from the software side of things yet. Maybe E3. Mm-hmm. But, uh, it's mostly balloons that have now gone up into the air and we'll see which ones first will come down. Right, right, right. Um, I mean, you know, they had a, a, a gameplay, I, I'm pretty sure what was gameplay from Watch Dogs. And, um, you know, I, I'm pretty excited for the game. Uh, I, I think that, you know, later on this year I'll be getting a next generation console for sure. I'm not sure which one yet, but when I do, that's a game that I'll be getting if it does come out around the same time. One thing I want to say for certain, and this is regardless of what Microsoft is going to do, um, it's going to be PlayStation or nothing. Hmm. Because I'm not I'm not interested in Microsoft anymore. Yeah, I know you're, yeah, you're kind of soured on Microsoft. I know... I, I guess we can kind of pose this question to each of us. Like, I, I know for me personally, like this generation, I, I really, really enjoyed the 360. Um, I... I a lot of multi-platform games, I would always get it on the 360 just because I like the controller. That's usually the thing. Um, yeah. I, with this upcoming generation, I'm wondering like if this is going to shift for me. Because I, I like some of the some of the ideas with the PlayStation 4, all this share stuff. I think that's really cool. And yeah, yeah. I, I, 
I mean, I guess Microsoft could do something similar with like YouTube and <laughs> whatever, but I mean, I don't know. I'm st I'm just really really interested to see what Microsoft is going to have to offer. I mean, obviously, you know, we're a Nintendo podcast, so uh, I know for me, I could speak for myself and maybe for these guys too, but you know, Nintendo's always always has a special place in my heart. Nintendo Definitely. pretty much sucks now. Whatever. <laughs> I found my niche. I'm that guy. <laughs> yeah. I, how about you guys? I mean, you guys sold or not sold? Don't give a shit about you know the PS4 or the the, the PlayStation 4. I say it once again. It's interesting. Me, it's an interesting proposition for the future. Um, I have to see at E3 if I'm definitely interested in buying one. And from what the rumors are about, it's even not coming out in Europe this year. So uh, it may come out next, early next year over here. So that's something to to consider. And then with Xbox, they have to do a lot of things right for me if they want to get me back on board. Because uh, the things they they screwed up for me in over in the last two years, and the things they haven't brought over from Xbox to Xbox 360. Uh, makes me kind of sour at them. Uh, maybe maybe it's for the wrong reasons, but at the same time, um, Xbox seems the most consumer-unfriendly of the three. Okay, I have the complete opposite viewpoint. <laughs> like, uh, Go. so, I I bought all the current generation systems. I bought the Wii, the, then I bought the PS3, like, soon after, and then... A little while after, I bought the 360, and over the next several years, I ended up playing like the 360 like 90 percent of the time. Cause like, yeah, but it's it, it for me it has nothing to do really with with how the games are played because I played still played a lot of games on my 360. Don't uh -huh. get me wrong, um, but but looking back at what they offered for me in terms of the value of Xbox Live and how that decreased for me over time, especially in Europe. And how they um, struck more things like ads all over the dashboard and make it more con uh, consumer inconvenient. At some point for me, it has to stop because I care about games most in console second. But if I can't play the software proper with without going through a lot of shit on the console, then for me it's it's kind of done. So for me, it's more important how they're gonna show off the UI for the Xbox 360 before I say from yeah, this is something well, I want. Me, I'm big into online play, and like, you know, 360 has always pretty much had the best online performance, and yeah, that, that's fair enough. But but, but it, it's not free. I, I'm willing to pay for the best, and uh, the party system is really good. Like I use that constantly. It's really convenient. It's really fun. But, but, but yeah, that's that's the big problem for me. I just paying for online. I don't see the value proposition well, for me in that. I mean, I have play yeah. I have PlayStation Plus. I get like lots more stuff for free through that offering than I ever got through like four years of Xbox Live. Well, that's cool for you. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Like... Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, I mean, if you're fine with Xbox, yeah. I mean, I think okay. I think the two of us are looking um, for different things here. So, yeah. like, I I am very interested and excited to see what Microsoft is going to show. Yeah, for 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 all things I've said about Microsoft, I'm still intrigued about what they're going to do. 
what what you know i guess when it comes to the ps4 ui i'm really happy that it's different because i fucking hate what is it cross media bar is what the, it? the xmb fucking hate that thing I, i've always hated it oh. and why i just don't like it damn it <laughs> i don't know i i just I just don't like it. That's just. Mm, I, weird found, and... I found the XMB, XMB slick for some of the. Uh, how they handled uh, maps of. Like, if you put media on it, it was a bit strange how they handled that side of things, really. Yeah. I mean, it's it's not like. A, okay. I don't hate it. I just don't like it. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It, no I, I, I do see what you mean. <laughs> yeah. It, it's, it's just. I don't know. It. It's just not like anything else that I use. And uh, to me, that's just kind of weird. Um. I don't know. This doesn't seem as functional. We'll see. But I mean, I don't know. That, that's that's the PS3. But I, I kind of like what I've seen of the whatever they've showed so far of the PS4. They haven't shown so. really the main UI of the system yet, don't haven't they? Yeah, they they showed like some. I don't know if it was con- conceptual stuff, but when they were showing the share stuff, they're kind of showing like some menu-based stuff, a profile page yeah. type of thing. Uh, so it looked it looked approachable a little bit more approachable than i think this new one or the old one was rather so yeah we'll we'll see what the what the two big companies are going to do so minoto how about you man what do you think about these next two consoles like which one would you get if any uh since uh, i live in japan uh i think uh xbox 720 uh won't sell well yeah Mm, so, mm, so I'm I'm gonna wait and see uh, what what's going to happen on PS4. You know, you know, Mino, yeah. this is this is a good point. I'm wondering myself if they even going to bring the Xbox over to Japan, the next Xbox. Yeah, I just when I was looking at the sales for this week's, you know, sales. <laughs> yeah, it, I, I I took a gander at the Xbox sales lifetime to date in Japan. And it's just like 1.6 million. That's it. That's pathetic. <laughs> I mean, the original Xbox was even worse, I think, which is yeah, 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 yeah. God. I mean, and Microsoft tried really hard. I mean, they had like some weird exclusives, idle games, all sorts of stuff that they tried just to get the Xbox to be. It, it, and in the end, it didn't really do anything for them. Didn't do anything. It's just a big fucking waste of money. Yeah. So if you look at, at Nintendo and uh, PlayStation, they dominate that market. Definitely. It, it, it's, definitely. It, it's really hard to uh, compete in that. And same years with Europe. Here are PlayStation. PlayStation has pretty much taken over Xbox here, with Nintendo closing behind second. So every and in America, it's of course Xbox, then then Nintendo, then PlayStation. So, so for every region, it is, it is different, but it's very clear to see that how even though the differences in North America and Europe are small between the three different manufacturers, in Japan it's a very different case in which Japan adores PlayStation and Nintendo, but completely left um, Xbox to the side. Right, right. Yeah. I, I guess one last point... I kind of wanted to talk about with these two new big consoles coming out and we can even talk about the Wii U in this respect too yeah um for Japan I mean you know we talked last month how the 3DS has already outsold the PlayStation 3 in Japan and yeah 
you know, it, the 3DS has been out for a year and a half, uh, two years, God, almost two years now. And what, PS3 has been out for, you know, six years. And th this isn't something that's changing, I don't think. This isn't something that is going to be drastically different this generation. I think there's going to be... Uh, this is, I mean, this is pretty obvious. I mean, ob in Japan, handheld games are king. You, you, people just buy more of these things, and, and developers, you know, tailor to those needs. So uh, what do you guys think? Same? Do you think we'll have a repeat kind of with handhelds on top? Because I, I, I honestly don't see this any other way. And that's, I think that's pretty obvious some stuff, but I don't know. What do you guys think? People in Japan love their handhelds. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And no doubt about it. Yeah. One thing I was thinking about, too, uh, if you think about a lot of Japanese developers, uh, making games for something like 3DS, where, you know, there's a pretty decent size install base, and you can make games for a lot cheaper than you can on even something like the Vita. So why would any of these developers want to put, aside from, like, really huge ones, you know, want to put any kind of money into developing games for something as high-end as, like, PlayStation 4 or Xbox 720. It just, you know... It, it, dep it depends per developer. Uh, exactly. I mean... Again, again, I, I talked about it before. It's a value proposition. If they can get everything out of that what they want, they will go with the PlayStation 4 because, um, as they showed, it has the quality to do endless things, especially with the processing power that is behind it. If they don't really care, they will put it as many systems as possible. So, like, Watch Dogs was just announced for review. Um, and it's also coming to, to PS4, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, what have you. So, it, it depends on what the proposition with the company wants to make. And we will definitely see stuff that will be exclusive to Wii U because they definitely want to use the functionality of the Wii U gamepad. Or we'll see stuff on PlayStation 4 because, again, they want to have the processing power or they think the share stuff is really cool. Uh, with the Xbox, we don't know yet. We have to see what they will do. And it's going to be hard for them to, to market that because you have on one side you have the big share options, on the other side you have this very innovative controller. So somewhere down the line, Xbox has to find their own ground to live in. Indeed. Indeed. And that might not be in Japan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Cool. Well, do you guys have anything else to say about PlayStation 4 or, 3, or 720 or anything like that? Well, we don't know nothing about the next Xbox, so we have to save that for a later date, really, pretty much. Indeed. One thing oh, after... Overall, yeah. I was going to say... I was expecting to be kind of disappointed by the PS4 presentation, but I, I'm leaning to, to slightly good for my overall impression. <laughs> it, it, it was an alright right presentation for, the, for its first one. I expected a little bit more uh, for like a presentation in this day and age, um, but it showed some interesting stuff. I'm definitely interested in what they're going to do with the future. You know what Um We'll uh, see. We'll yes. see. We'll <laughs> see. Uh, easily. Yeah. 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 I, I'm kind of in the same boat as Ty. I, I went in expecting just a boring... Garbage day. <laughs> Sony conference. Boring garbage day. Kind of like sometimes what a lot of their 
presentations can be. Just kind of boring. But this, I mean, yeah, there were some kind of weird parts, but overall I was surprised, like, pleasantly. So uh, I, I thought this was a lot better than what I had anticipated. So. Yeah. All, all right. With that said, this is going to wrap up this feature. So we're going to go ahead and move on. Alright, well with that, this is actually going to bring this episode to a close, so we're going to go ahead and give out our Twitter handles, and I'll go ahead and start out here first. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I am at DannyBiv, and that is D-A-N-N-Y, B as in boy, I, V as in Victor. Uh, my last interesting tweet, I had had a kind of a uh, conversation with somebody, they were confused because I had taught tweeted something like hey i got you know balloon trip and the uh, fire emblem on the wii u virtual console and i don't know if she was like man you're so lucky you get f-zero and fire emblem i was like i don't have f-zero i have balloon trip Blech. but actually it's balloon fight <laughs> wow cool i'm dumb balloon fight <laughs> there it is the, the name of the episode will be danny doesn't know names Danny doesn't know names. That's a very good possibility. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> anybody want to go next who isn't going to fuck something up? Yeah, I, oh yeah, I want to I go next. <laughs> okay. Um, my Twitter handle is Nintendan. That's N-I-N-T-E-N-D-A-N. I kind of screwed it up. Um, my last interesting tweet um, is this. After reading one up for so long... It's almost an alien feel to see it go. They certainly inspired me a good amount of the time. Hmm. Um, this is what pertains to the news that came out yesterday, uh, February 21st, that um, 1UP is closing. Hmm. After 10 yeah. years. which is That's a um, sad story. Really sad. Yeah, it's really hmm. sad. It's, it's one of my favorite websites. Um, they wrote some very interesting stuff over the course of, of, th- of their time. Um, yeah, a new world, a couple of stories for that too, so it's really sad to actually see it go. I guess they won't be contracting any more uh, articles this year. I don't know if you guys know it, but I wrote a couple articles for them, like, tail end of 2011, I think. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. I might seen have seen your name, I'm not sure. Yeah, I... I I do, I do, I do read it. So, yeah, it was a while back. Yeah, <laughs> but it's um, I, I follow a few of them on Twitter, and they just got in this morning, and they got a letter that they were sent off. Hmm. Um, and it was also for GameSpy, um, which I had you, uh, Danny, you 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 just pretty much visit Giant Bomb a good chunk of the time, right? Um, sometimes Giant Bomb, IGN. Yeah. Um, do you know who Matthew Rory is? I do not. Matthew Rory was uh, uh, one of the writers for Screened, which was their video site from um, from uh, Whiskey Media. Okay. He, he also did some occasionally stuff for Giant Bomb because they were contracted by the same company. Mm-hmm. After they split off, he had to go. Mm-hmm. Um, he was laid off. 
from, from Whiskey Media, and he went to GameSpy. And like n now, after like being a few months at GameSpy, he's being laid off again. Man, that's shitty. <laughs> yeah, I God. feel I feel really bad for him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Just yeah, definitely not a yeah, definitely not a good time. <laughs> Becoming a game journalist is a good way to starve to death. <laughs> yes. Sadly, Indeed. it is a fantastic way to starve to death. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Minoru, could you go ahead and close us out? Uh, my Twitter handle is at nwr underscore minoru, and my recent interesting tweet is. I think Nintendo waited to announce today's Nintendo Direct until PS4 Direct <laughs> ended. Indeed. <laughs> uh, yeah. Don't, don't forget me. Yeah, I was gonna say I, I, I the sinking. Wait, I forgot Ty. Ty, I, I won't forget you. I might forget you. What? Go. <laughs> Ty, where's okay. a tie? Ty, where's a tie? Yes. It, it's happening. <laughs> Okay, my Twitter handle is Super Cat Drugs. A winner was you. Yes. And let's see, a recent excellent tweet of mine. <laughs> Chad Warden, where are you? We need you now more than ever. Hashtag PS4. He, he is your it's, god. Yes. Guess what happened? Chad Warden. The real Chad Warden favorited that tweet. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah. So he is alive. He is well. He is your god. He, he, he's, I, I bought my PS3 because of him. <laughs> Pretty he much. Is, he is your creator. Right. Like, like I, I, I was living in Japan when I bought my PS3. I, like, I saw one for like amazingly cheap. Like back when they were like $500 in the U.S. Mm-hmm. There was I found a used one for like like three mon nisen in. Mm -hmm. And at the time that was like two hundred and forty US dollars. Oh awesome. Yeah, so like I bought it. I I bought downloadable Tekken five and made my profile name Chad Warden. <laughs> cool. Nice. All right, well, with that, that's actually going to go ahead and bring this episode to a close. One thing I wanted to mention right before Don reminded me that uh, the 3DS is actually turning two years old here on February 22nd, so it's very 20, likely by the time... 26. The, what did I say? 22nd. God. <laughs> oh, my God, I, Danny. I, in my head, in my head, I said the 26th. I don't... Okay. You, you, you go back and listen to the recording. You're the editor. It's 20 seconds. I'm not even going to edit this part out because that's ridiculous. Um, <laughs> the 3DS turns two years old on February 26th. Um, yeah, so that's kind of cool. But um, anyways, now that the episode is drawing to a close, definitely be sure to join us in the talkback thread. Uh, you know, we can discuss the episode. You can ask us questions, point out things that we missed, point out my personal mistakes. Um, please be gentle. Or And also, too, you can see the correct answers for the music quiz um, in between each segment. And you can also suggest things for the next episode. Uh, you, of course, you can always email us at famicast at nintendoworldreport.com. Uh, definitely be sure to do that. We did have an interesting uh, email that Minoru had pointed out to me before the show. I think we're going to try to do that next time. 
next <clears throat> next month as well, I'd like to return to do another segment of Life in Japan. Uh, so if you have some ideas about that, definitely be sure to drop into the Talkback thread or uh, our special uh, Japan uh question for the Japan Correspondent Thread 2 if you have any ideas. I have an idea. I don't know if it's going to work but we'll, we'll, you know, we'll see. Um, yeah. Also be sure to check out all the other great podcasts that NWR has to offer including what's, you know, we're on uh, Radio Free Nintendo, uh, Connectivity and Radio Trivia. So with that, that's going to bring Famicast 21 to a close. Uh, yeah, so see you guys later. I am dead bombshell. See you guys later. Bye. Later. Peace out.